For more than a decade, FTI has strived to become the leader in the aftermarket, performance, transmission, and converter industry. We've joined forces with McLeod Driveline Components under the leadership of Top Fuel Funny Car Pilot Paul Lee and now have a larger distribution network, more resources, and more power. Come see us in the pits and ask how you can join the FTI family. It's not cheating. It is the competitive edge. This is Joe Costello's WFO Radio Ignition. Covering everything that has wheels, an engine, and a driver. The reason I race is to get the chicks. You know what I mean? <laughs> NASCAR, IndyCar, Formula One, sports cars, and NHRA drag racing. Hey, guys. Just want to let you know, WFO Rock. WFO Radio is total motorsports. It's just so cool. Fasten your seatbelts. Fire up the ignition and drop the hammer. Yeah, let's do it. Now, here's your host, Joe Costello. Hey, hey, WFO, what's up, everybody? WFO Radio Ignition is back on the air. Hello and welcome to all you podcast listeners, the audio-only backbone of WFO Radio Ignition. The throwback to all the shows that I've ever done at any point in my career. There's at least one listener from 560 QAM out there right now. There's at least one listener from XM Satellite Radio right now. There's at least one listener from some other radio station that I worked at at some point somewhere. There's at least one, and they're all listening to Ignition. There's a little something for them all to enjoy talking NASCAR dirt racing action out there at Bristol. That's going to be great, of course. NHRA four wide in Vegas. We're going to get to that. All kinds of sports stuff going on so much that I don't even realize. What is what is it that I want to talk about? The Easter holiday. Easter is in the rearview mirror. It's all happening. It's all going down. We're going to get into all of it. We'll have our Patreon co-hosts coming on. They'll be joining us. Giovanni in Miami is going to be joining us. They're all going to be joining us as we have ourselves a wonderful show. And the topics. We're going to be all over the place, man. It's going to be one of those. A traditional WFO ignition extravaganza where we are going to be all over the place. But I do know that everybody's paying attention at the very beginning of the show. And that's when I hit you with the sponsors. That's when I hit you with them. And, and listen, I'm not alone. I listen to a lot of the other shows out there and they all just right at the very beginning. And you guys can try, you know, skipping over them, the 30 seconds ahead, the 30 seconds back, that kind of deal. And I'm, I'm wise. I'm wise to it. So I'm going to tell you like vital, important information. Like if you want to go to the Patreon meetup at the stampede of speed and you are a Patreon and you're interested in maybe that uh, slightly discounted hotel room, you got to reach out to me. You got to let me know. I have four people currently interested. I want to have a uh, all encompassing list. So maybe there'll be five, but some people are interested, man, Ford and Caleb and Derek and Matt in Australia and others. They're interested. Maybe. Maybe I could save you a couple of bucks, that kind of stuff. And boy, aren't they wishing they hadn't they hadn't shared they hadn't uh, jumped over it thirty seconds ahead. Yeah, I know. But then, you know, they're missing it, and I hit them real quick with fog it. F o g g i t world class engine protection for all you racers out there. I know we're gonna have our big money two minutes. Hopefully, Troy in Oregon will talk about the spring fling. I, I watched some of it. I did not like camp out all weekend long in front of the TV watching. But I did watch some of it. 
and thinking about all those people protecting the inside of their engines, just protecting the inside of their engine. And in uh, interest of fair reporting, I did just get off the phone with Gary as Project Pontiac continues to roll on. But if you're a racer of any kind, if you have a high performance racing engine of any kind, if you're involved in the sport, you should definitely be all over Foggit, F-O-G-G-I-T. If you're a gunsmith, if you're into machining, anything where rust inhibition, is that a word, needs to be stopped, you need to inhibit the rust, corrosion, that's what Foggit is all about. Check them out, F-O-G-G-I-T, Foggit.com. But also, Bernie Speed Shop. I was listening to the Kelly Crandall Racing Writers podcast with Josh Hart. Got up, went to the gym, trying to go to the gym. It's losing proposition, guys. It's all south. It's all going downhill. But she was talking with Bernie. Josh gave me a nice shout out. Stubo Sumoris gave me the heads up. Like, you got to listen to this one. And Josh was, uh, was very kind in his positive feedback. But really, none of that matters to what I'm about to tell you. Bernie's.com, B-U-R-N-Y-Z-Z.com, American classic horsepower. It's a hot rod shop is basically what it is. It's a hot rod shop, but they do a lot frame off restoration. They can do really, really high scoring uh, cars. Like if you're going to the Concourse de la Gans, they can do that kind of stuff. Or if you've got a Chevy Chevelle that you want to sell, they can do those too. Go to Bernie's.com to find out more information. Phillips Connect, Phillips-Connect.com, Justin Ashley. Wins back-to-back races. That has been in the archive. And if you are in the transportation industry, this guy should be your favorite driver because they're out there over the road making things safer and more efficient and preventing incidents and accidents with the smart trailer technology that is Phillips-Connect. If you're in the transportation industry, you want to find out more, you just email me, joe at wforadio.com, and I'll put you together. I'll connect you. Phillips-Connect, you will be connected. Total Seal Piston Rings, the leader in ring seal technology, totalseal.com. Whether it be Keith Jones or Lake Speed or Kevin over there, they've got a great staff that if you have a question, they can answer it. If you're building an engine, if you've got a project like I do, Project Pontiac, like what's right? I'll give you a perfect example. My Pontiac guys were all telling me, they're like, man, you need the four and a half inch stroke, man. That's what you need. You need the long stroke. You need to be the big daddy long stroke with the four and a half inch stroke. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, it sounds great. But after a conversation with the guys at Total Seal, they're like, you don't really need that much stroke, man. It's not good for the inside of the cylinders and all that side load. And maybe you don't want to do that. And they made me think about it in a different way other than max power. Happy engine versus max power. And so it was a very worthwhile conversation that I had. Totalseal.com. Be sure to tell them you know you're a WFO listener when you call. That's very, very big. We already told you about FTI and Foggett, and we'll tell you about Sam Tech and Frank Hawley and Marvin Rodak and how you can become a Patreon. But now let's bring on the uh, guest co-hosts on the show. Sue Morris is going to join us right away here at the beginning. What's up, Sue? How are you? Yo, WFO. WFO. Happy Easter a day late. Did you find all the eggs? I did, and I ate them too. How do you know that you found all the eggs? If it was an (laughs) Easter egg hunt, and if there's an egg that went unfound, how would you know? I wouldn't. I wouldn't, you know. I'll know in a few days, though. Rocky Raccoon or, you know, Bambi or one of the many critters that live in our area will find them. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I didn't even, I didn't even, okay, so I'm making a big deal out of this. I did not die any eggs this year. No eggs got died. 
normally I will latch on to someone who is dying eggs and I will dye an egg, right? There will be one egg that gets colored or spray painted or something. This year, zero. Did not participate with Easter and the eggs part of it at all. (laughs) I did go and enjoy myself. You know, I went to the beach on Easter Sunday. I went to the ocean. I enjoyed that. I uh, took the time for myself. No eggs. No eggs? Well, it's not a horrible thing. You enjoyed the beach. They're not going to kick me out of the country. Not yet. Right. For not dying. Exactly. And I watched NASCAR, which was dirt action on uh, Sunday night. We had a little Saturday night, Sunday night NASCAR action to take in. We're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to get ready for a little Vegas four wide. Giovanni in Miami is like, I don't even know what he's doing. He's like unloading his uh, dishwasher or something. 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 And don't forget, we can talk about the Masters. I mean, the Masters were this weekend, too. Let's... Watch plenty of the Masters. That is Easter tradition. It is. It really is. Going back to uh, Jack Nicholas and Tom Watson. I remember being with my grandparents. They would always come down for Easter. And the Masters was a big part of it. But yeah. I will admit, I watched a very little of the Masters as well. I was, I was just, glimpses, you know. I was anti. I don't know why I was anti. I don't want to, to, to turn everybody off. Joe's usually a positive guy, but the real deal is this, and I admit it. Been doing so much, uh, you know, staying out between Arizona and Pomona, and being away from everything, and really having a, a, a torrent start of the season work wise. Didn't feel like doing much of anything except just like vegetation, you know, full on veg mode. Uh, but what, what about what about the new cat family? I mean, oh, man. Does anybody want a cat? I have four cats I have to give away. This is the new project. <laughs> yeah, the cat family. The new project is happening. Um, yeah. They're very, they're very cute. Just they are, say. Of course, they're cute. They're kittens. Kittens they are. are always un- nearly uniformly, universally loved creatures. Kittens. Then they grow into cats and people like them less. So if you're going to give them away, you got to give them away at the start, right? Like nobody That's wants right. the old cat. They all want the tiny kitten, the world's yeah. cutest kitten. So you got to all... see if they're not going to be feral. <laughs> well, they're not going to be. These are already not going to be feral because okay. I'm, I'm contacting them. And, and uh, that, that's how you know. These are going to be great cats. Okay. All right. Cats become great cats when they have early human contact early on. And that's what these guys are getting. They're going to be the best. They're going to be, uh, you know, humanized. But who gets them? That's the question. Caller number five to the contest line. You, you don't get a cat. I'm kidding. Uh, but I got to yeah. find people. I have to find yeah. people. And I'm going to have to go through the, the situation of like picking which one gets who and who gets to pick of the litter and that whole thing. I have no experience. I'm stressing. But how do you know which one's the pick of the litter? I don't know. How do you pick that out? They're all black. They all I look totally not. <laughs> it's They're so all totally black. And they all uh, look exactly the same. There's one that might be a little smaller that could maybe be considered the runt, but not really. He's yeah. a big He's healthy, too. They're all good. I and was watching that video, and all I thought was eeny, meeny, miny, mo. <laughs> yeah. I put it out on Instagram and got a lot of feedback on that. I just got to start giving, getting ready to give away cats. I thought that Giovanni was going to be a shoe-in to take one of the cats. You know, he's got a little boy. They could do all the life lessons for having a creature and feed the creature. And, you know, it gets old and it passes away. And then you got a good chance to talk about that. Having animals is great for small children. 
It's great for their mind. It's great for everything. So I figured Giovanni would be a shoo-in to take one of the cats. And instead, it's not happening. He's not into the cat. You haven't, but you have to convince Mrs. Gio. Oh, well, that would be yeah, easy. Sure. No, he's, he's, I think he has, he's got some sort of, way. He's, he's got some sort of allergy thing. He didn't want to look at him. He didn't want to uh, look at him. He was like, he was worried he'd fall in love. See, that's, that's what happens. That's my rule. I can't pick him up. I have a friend, but it's the opposite. So with dogs and every time we go out, she's like, oh, look at the puppies. Look at the puppies. You got to pick them up. I'm like, uh-uh. I sit there with my arms crossed. I said, nope. I said, because once I pick them up, over. I'm taking them home. That's right. <laughs> so I will pack one of these cats and bring it to Charlotte uh, no, in a couple of weeks. No. <laughs> Look at this, Sue. You got one of the cats. Speaking of Giovanni in Miami, he is here now. Giovanni just finished unloading the dishwasher or whatever he was doing. Well, all right. Woo! There he is. There he is. Did you observe any of that conversation we just had? I did hear that there was a catastrophe going on, and I want nothing to do with it. There's a cat. No, nobody wants to, nope. to help me out with this cat. Absolutely not. No. Hey, no. look, you had a cat, and you know you had an issue with your cat. Your cat kind of, you know, disappeared. Disappeared. You were very sad. Well, it look, is. I'm not going to get into the particulars. Your cat is no longer around. Let's just say, all right. And now you were so devastated and sad that nature has done. The natural thing and now has made your one cat turn into four freaking cats, man. Yeah. Five, really. Yeah, well, but the mother is going to you know, disappear. And, you know, but there are five cats. Yeah, well, maybe not. I'm going to drop off the four cat baggage there and keep going and make more cats. No, that cat's going to get a spade. <laughs> that cat she knew. was going to be spayed anyway. That cat <laughs> was going to be spayed. And... Unless she knows again, and then she's going to be taken off. Who knows? Anyway, this is not why people are logging on to hear WFO, but this is what's going That's on true. in my life right now. I've got a real problem. This, this is a real problem, guys. Okay, audio-only people, this is a real problem. Like, What am I going to do with these four cats? What am I going to do with these cats? I'm going to give them away. I should just bring them all to the neighbor. <laughs> She'll just find like, home. She'll give them away for you. Bring them That's all. Right. Take these around the neighborhood like you took my other cat and give it to a random person. She wrote me a note that says, I know the house that uh, the cat is at, but I don't know, man. I'm not feeling it. I don't think that that's right. And I think it's a setup. I think it it's is. a setup. I'm going to go knock on the door. <laughs> Hello. I know you've got the cat. What cat? I know you've got it. <laughs> then who's going to be the crazy person then, huh? That's right. Exactly. You, Joe. <laughs> It was you. It was you. Sandy says. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. All the neighborhood drama. You want to get caught up in all the gossip? No, it's Joe. Uh, not. <laughs> it's not my fault, man. It's, you know, it's a tough uh, situation. But it is what it is. And we're just going to move on. So let's get to our NASCAR results. I think this is cool. The Food City Dirt Race. Let's start off from what matters most. Christopher Bell wins the race. Tyler Reddick second. Austin Dillon third. A lot was made about the dirt racing experts not having won the race. And then Christopher Bell wins the race. And that solves that uh, problem. But my question is this. And it, it is always this. And I want your opinions. And I see Megan is down there. And Caleb is down there. Patreon co-hosts are down there. Uh, Sue and, and Gio, you guys can weigh in on this. And 
I don't know what my opinion is. You're supposed to have these strong opinions, right? I watched it and I was very entertained. I found it to be fun. I know Kyle Busch doesn't think that he says that Kyle Larson says that these cars shouldn't be on dirt, that we should all be racing in dirt cars. Just let us build dirt cars, not cup cars. They don't belong on dirt. They're too heavy, whatever, et cetera. I don't get it. I enjoyed it. I found it to be entertaining, but I do wonder, is the juice worth the squeeze? That's all moving all that dirt in there. There's no, there didn't appear to be a large crowd. Like I'm looking at the stands and I'm thinking oh. to myself, this is a four TV contract exercise. You've got a big TV contract. You're putting on this something different, captivating show. But is the juice worth the squeeze? And I guess maybe you do it for five years, and then you 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 had this five years that you did something different. The race was probably the best of all the dirt races we've seen at Bristol Motor Speedway. It was interesting. Um, not something I'd want to go to because of just all the filth flying around in the air. It's like, oh, my God, that's not my deal. But – what about you? Start off with uh, with Sue. Is the juice worth the squeeze? Uh, you know i i love I love watching dirt racing. I really do. We we enjoy it all. Late models, world of outlaws. Um, but this one, I think, is starting to run its course. Um, there's you need people in the stands. I mean, you know, I watched. Um, the supercross from uh arizona over the weekend and you know that that place was packed fifty-five thousand people plus and you're looking at bristol going people just aren't coming out for it um you know again i i think it had an interest but it feels like it's run its course it doesn't have that illusion of oh what's going to happen now or you know all the excitement that you were figuring you were going to have i mean you know, this was just kind of what was even anticlimactic at the end. And, you know, even uh, Kyle Bush, right? I mean, he was up there towards the front. And next thing you know, he spins, goes out of the race. And I think he had a broken front shock and something else. And, you know, I don't even think he got hit. So it was just more parts failure than anything else. And, um, you know, some of the top guys going out, I mean, Christopher Bell, take nothing away from him. Tyler Reddick was was chasing it down as well. I mean, he did great, finished second. But I don't know. I, I think it's losing its luster. Interesting. Giovanni. Definitely entertaining. But uh, earlier in the week, uh, I definitely I, I heard that whole Kyle Larson, um, I guess it was during an interview or something, where he said that he didn't think that we should be racing dirt on Bristol at all. And uh, so that must be what Kyle Bush was mentioning. But, uh, you know, if they don't want to race on it, it it is. It was fun to watch. I enjoyed watching the race. There was a lot of action. You know, there it, it's, it definitely causes a show as cars are out of control. Some guys clearly aren't very good at it. So it causes, you know, Rex, how many in what other race are we going to see guys doing 360s and just catching it and keep going? Without the NASCAR calling cautions. I mean, it happened multiple times last night where right. Mike McDowell did it twice. A couple of other guys. Yeah, the Ryan just, Priest, Kyle Larson beef. You had a couple of little beefs that happened. So, so right. So it does, you know, it was conducive to beating and banging and for lack of a better term, fun with everybody being upset and all out of control, sort of speak. 
but you know, it's, there's nobody in the crowd. I mean, I know that that place holds what 150 or 200,000 people. So let, let's just say on the low end, 150. So, but at most, there was what, what 40, 45,000 people. And I feel like I'm being very generous there. I was going to say, uh, you know, definitely you could say a third was full. So that would be 50. <laughs> You know, but but a third, man, I don't know if that's accurate, right? Like and that's third. what I'm saying. I feel like that's a generous estimate saying that it was a third full. Well, what the heck and is wrong? What's seriously though? Let's take a second to do some anal analyzation there. Uh, okay, so I know that there's a lot of people that are just angry with NASCAR going back to many of their policies over the past couple of years, right? Just angry with NASCAR. We'll just like lump them in, but. Angry with NASCAR in Bristol at your local track. You're not going to go. You're not going to go see this uh, spectacle, this spectacular. They've never really gone to see it. Like there hasn't been a Bristol dirt race that I felt like was like really packed them in. Right. Like the first year is, is my memory failing me. I don't think there has been a dirt race at Bristol that the crowd was something that I felt like, wow. Now, don't get me wrong. I'd say it a lot. If we get 50,000 people to show up this weekend to Vegas for four wide, we're going to be doing backflips. We would be thrilled. So everything is relative, but I don't know. I, I, I think maybe the, the, like Monica says, the gimmick is done. Well, I think it's also the Easter weekend. I think it's not working in their favor. I really do. It just, you know, again, not that you're, it's semi Bible belt, semi not right. Um, but you know, that holiday, it's, it's a holiday weekend. Most people are with their family. Um, it's not a typical racing weekend or, or if it is, it's Saturday night, Friday. I mean, look at the fling, right? Well, and, 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 and that's the that, reason that's it's for different. TV. It's a TV right. show. They, they're True. going, they're foregoing live attendance. We're going to put this thing on Easter because we know that everybody is at home with their family. And they're probably right, and that's why it's on Big Fox on Sunday night. That's yeah. why it started at 7 p.m. and not at you know at four or two or three. So we'll you see know, the TV ratings. The TV ratings determine whether or whether or not this is a success. And when you have a big television contract like NASCAR does, you can afford to do this. You can afford to do this. And it's I, I've been having this conversation about NHRA. People are wondering, you know, well, why don't we go to some of the smaller tracks? You know, you could go to so you're on top fuel at a small track, SRX style. And the answer is, uh, yeah, but you're not going to make any money doing it if you've only got 4,000 seats. And so wow. you got to go to a big venue so you could sell a bunch of tickets so you can actually make the money unless you've got the big television contract, in which case you can do whatever the heck you want, which is what they pretty much did this past. But I'd also say that this, you know, we also don't know the other end of this. Fox is... Like you said, this is a television product. Fox wants this on Sunday night at 7 p.m. on Easter Sunday to fill the time. And that's why they put it on Big Fox, not on FS1. So People this were home. Also, they were trapped. They right. Were, this also could be, you know, one of those where you don't NASCAR not, doesn't necessarily want to run the race at this time or on this day. But their TV partner that's paying the big money says, hey. Give we us something it. on Easter. <laughs> we want, hey, no, that's we want it on hey. Easter Sunday at you know for primetime programming. And those that's conversations absolutely what? happen, right? Like, hey, can you guys come up with something? We got a big hole in the ratings and sports, and there's nothing Easter night. The and, Masters and just ended. 
The Masters just ended. Everybody's sitting in front of their TV. They just found the eggs. They're sitting there. They got nothing to do. They're sick of their families. They just want to flip on the TV and watch something. Can you create something for us? And, and NASCAR is like, yeah, man, we got dirt. We'll put dirt on the Bristol and we'll give you a Sunday night extravaganza. That's that's exactly how it works. And, and maybe that's Absolutely. what it is. They're gone for the new tradition, right? We, I mean, Gio, when you were you uh, were away, we, we were talking about the Masters, right? Easter tradition. And maybe that's part of what Fox is going for. Is like, hey, we're going to become the Bristol and the dirt is going to be the new Sunday night Easter tradition. Which, what, by the way, what would we all have been watching? Like uh, reruns of Murder, She Wrote? I don't think so. We were all locked in on oh, this. I would have been watching. No, I would have been watching. Heroes Channel, Invasion of Normandy, typical stuff that I would be watching. I would be finding something. But no, we were all locked in. So we'll see what the ratings uh, happen. All, all Bobby Graham is out reruns. there. Bringing on Bobby Graham out there. And Troy, Mr. Big Money Bracket Minute is uh, on there. He's going to be doing two. Uh, what is this? Matt says no be more than two. email notification. He says he did not get the email notification. How did you know to come on the show there, Matt, in Australia? That's the question. <laughs> you did not receive the email notification. How did you know? You probably got a Patreon notification. Well, that's oh, the thing. That's, that's what I the Patreon, maybe. I get both. I get a double, a double invite. Yeah. Yeah, double whammy. Double whammy. <laughs> <laughs> Jolie Stanfield is on there. Uh, we got a bunch of people that are on there. It's going to be great. Let me give the final results to the Food City Dirt Race at Bristol Motor Speedway. Christopher Bell wins the race. Tyler Reddick second. Austin Dillon third. Gio, did you send me any kind of like clip or cut or anything? No, we don't do that anymore. They got to go listen to the post race sh show on in the in the app or on the WFO radio website or in the yeah. Archive. That was cut. that was post pandemic cuts. That's yeah, fine. no, that's yeah, that was uh, you know, that used to be a benefit. And then I realized that, you know, we we're making it too easy for them not to go click on the other show. So go you corporate time stealing weasel weasels. It's only like 25 minutes this week. If you want to hear what Christopher to, Bell had to say, go Bell has to say with uh I, you know, I forgot Adam Stevens was still even uh working as a crew chief uh after he had abruptly left uh his uh crew chief duties with uh Kyle Bush. I wonder what really happened there. We got to call one of our insiders and get the real scoop there. But uh, anyway, not that I'm saying there was any behind the scenes going on. We're starting stuff. That's the rumor I'm starting. Rumors. But uh, yes, and Heather Gibbs uh, was doing the representation for JGR. Apparently, coach wasn't feeling well. Interesting, interesting. So, so go uh, listen. Christopher Bell, it's Tyler Reddick, Austin Dillon, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., fourth, Chase Briscoe, fifth, Justin Haley, sixth, Martin Truex Jr., seventh, Todd Gillen, eighth, Kevin Harvick, ninth, and Ty Gibbs rounding out the top ten. That's four top tens in a row by Ty Gibbs. Michael McDowell, Bubba Wallace, Lord Byron, uh, Eric Jones, Harrison Burton, AJ Allmendinger, Brad Keselowski, Chris Busher, Austin Sindrick, and JJ Yaley rounding out the top 20. Ty Dillon, Denny Hamlin. I had Denny Hamlin. I thought I had Denny Hamlin, and he spins out. <laughs> Uh, Ryan Blaney, Ryan Priest, Daniel Suarez, BJ McLeod, Josh Berry, Ross Chastain, Alex Bowman, Corey LaJoy, Eric Amarola, Kyle Bush, Noah Gregson, Matt Crafton, Kyle Larson, uh, Jonathan Davenport, and Joy with the hair. Oh, man, the hair. Everybody was talking about it. It's like, Joy, the hair. It's, uh, I don't know what to think about it. My dad says I'll get used to it. 
and I don't know. <laughs> Next race is the Norco 400 at Martinsville Speedway, which is going to be very interesting. If nothing else, then to see if anybody uses the video game move at the end. Like, are they planning for the video game move at the end? Is there a rule been made that I don't know about? Yes, it's been, been outlawed. Yes, it's been outlawed. No more. I knew it was going to be done. Outlawed. You can go back to that show, and I said they would outlaw it immediately, and everybody was like, no, they're going to let this happen. They did not let it happen. When did that rule come out? Like the day after, or is it recent? Did I miss it? Yeah. In the offseason at some point. How do they write the rule? Like, what's what's the words of the rule? Like, you're not allowed to accelerate. All right. It's not. It's along the wall. <laughs> like, absolutely like, right. You cannot go they, out. They called the it the Ross Chastain rule. Just the Ross Chastain rule. No video game maneuvers. It, it, I think the, the term video game maneuver was involved in the rule. And I believe it said, um, see that stuff that Ross, Ross did? Don't do None it. of that. All right? No more of that. <laughs> All right. Let's get into the uh, – let's say a quick hello to Troy in Oregon. What's up, Troy? Hey, WFL. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you all doing? Oh, we're doing wonderful. You know, they didn't actually change the rule. Um, they just – they just like reinterpreted the existing rule. Oh, okay. So it's not even a rule. It's just frowned upon. Well, it's a rule, but well, like it's a rule now, right? It, it technically the rule was always there, but they were just interpreting it in a way where there was, you could do that one time, um, but no longer. Okay. I uh, say I was kind of hoping like nine or 10 guys, like 10th or 20th would all do the move yeah. uh, on the last lap of this, uh, why not two laps? You know, maybe it'll have like however long it'll hold on for. Maybe it would be funny something. if everybody did it, but then no one passed because everybody else was doing it too, and they just they just rubbed a line of them around the track for a lap. Just because exactly. exactly, it would be amazing. We're all a bunch of killjoys. Here's the fantasy league results, guys. This is what everybody is interested in. The, the, the weekly. Oh, I don't know what that noise was. It was good, though. Sacramento Racing Fan, 403, beats Aviator Racing with 402. We had two over 400. I can't think of the last time that happened. That's pretty amazing. Northwest Nitro Fanatics with 349. Bad Brad with 348. Mr. Fantasy NASCAR also with 348. Those are the two that battled down to the wire last year. Royal Flush Racing, 348. Uper 1, 348. So there's a bunch of people tied with 348. Miller Man, 340. He was at the race. Highline Real Fine, 337. Team English, 331. Garrett Senkow, 330. Oh, get this. Oh, my gosh. WFO Joe, 319. High score of my personal year in the top 10. Shocking development. WFO Joe, 319. Rusty Racing, 317. Oh, my goodness. Sacramento Racing Fan, most points. Biggest gainer, up 13. Northwest Nitro Fanatics, also up 13. Race Day San Antonio Mike, biggest loser. Down 18 positions at 171. I figured I would be the biggest gainer, but that is amazing. You know, I tried to change my team and I don't think it took lucky me. You got lucky. <laughs> yeah. I tried to move Christopher Bell out of the A driver and replace it with Denny Hamlin. And I tried to do like a bunch of moves that were all the bad moves. I tried to do it for my phone and I guess it didn't take and I got lucky. Woo. This could be where I break out. All right. And while, before I give the rest of the fantasy league results, I do want to mention something that nobody is obligated to do. You're not obligated to do this. But I did donate to the guy who does the league. Drive, uh, driver group game. There's a little uh, notification that you get, like, you have not donated. And uh, I know he gave us the go-ahead to not donate, but I did make a donation. 
and it was very easy. I used PayPal. I connected to it, blah, blah, blah. They want you to um, take your team number or something and put it in there so he can recognize you. Um, yeah, it seems like a clear conflict of interest to me. Right? Like, you think that you have to put your team number in there? So he knows. Oh, look at that. Big Joe's the big points leader of the week. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, and he couldn't move his team around either. I was the yeah. very last person, and I donated him more than, uh, than minimum. Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, I Joe tried, yeah, yeah. Joe tried to put a crappy team, set a crappy team, clicked, <laughs> you know, whatever the update, didn't ever check again. Thought he had scored, like, I guess a big fat zero with Denny Hamlin because we saw where he was. He the said he didn't took take. the fell out and he. Put in all the, you know, the loser drivers, and all of a sudden, after he paid the fees, his, his team mysteriously was not changed. Big and in win. Fact, he's in the top ten. Unbelievable. Well, if yeah, I knew well, this was all it took, if I knew this is all it took, I would have been doing this from the beginning. I donated today. The score had already happened. I just hadn't checked. Can I see that? Uh -huh. yes. Now I get it. <laughs> I have the uh, email right here. It says, uh -huh. Mr. Costello, thank you for donating. Uh -huh. Your donation. You will be in the top 10 every in. week for the rest of the season. Yeah. Don't worry. That's Your right. points have I been adjusted. It. Your yep. points have been adjusted. If it says, <laughs> Your pal, Mr. Fantasy NASCAR. <laughs> Just act like you're setting a team. You'll be set. <laughs> we'll take it from here, Joe. Don't worry. Nothing to worry about. Nothing to see here. Move along. <laughs> Just give us if that was a service that was available, I would definitely pay for it. Come on. I'm over here drowning on my own show where I've had a fantasy league for 15 years and I can't get out of my own way. If I could definitely pay somebody to handle this and I'd guarantee myself a top 15, I would do it. Especially for what I donated. Oh my God. It wasn't even that big a deal. Although it was above the minimum, Bobby. Good job. And thank you for that. And Monica says she donated for AJ and herself as well so that's very nice Good deal. Good deal. all right back to the results <laughs> oh look i'm up 50 okay bad brad is no. the leader 36 over hockey kid hockey kid who he and his dad are going out to chicago from what i understand as hopefully everybody in that area should to help us save that racetrack beer eater racing is third Uber one is fourth miss laura is fifth 65 points back sacramento racing fan uh, 80 points back in six. Turn left. Olsen's Trailblazers. Aviator Racing and Dirty Hippies is 112 back. Look at that. Rich York is in the mix. 112 back. Followed by Millerman. Royal Flush. Highline Real Fine. Dragster Jeff. 144 back. Kind of plummeting. Six positions down to 14th. Fleet Tree, 15th. Down five. Fleet Tree has never really been very good at fantasy. And he's having a fantastic year, Fleet Tree. Congratulations. Down five, though. So maybe you're, you know regressing to the mean is that what you always say geo but fleet tree good start worth well, mentioning I, I don't say that about Rusty him racing. but yes generally 15. speaking when someone gets out to a hot start you will regress to whatever your normal mean is absolutely I, I, I don't I don't jj husker fan 18th i hung out with jj did i tell you guys that did i make a big fuss about hanging out with jj husker fan I guess I didn't. He was out at Arizona. He was at the Arizona Nationals. That's right. There was no show between Arizona and Pomona. What happened? No, you weren't on. You weren't, you weren't on. on. You weren't right. Around, so exactly. I, we don't know what you're talking about. We don't know what happened, but you weren't on. So. Yeah, but yeah, you weren't on the show that was in between the two races. 
I remember being in an airport last week. Yeah, that was last week. That was that was you came on as a as a guest on the Joe on the um, GO2 show. Right. Yes. yes. <laughs> but what about between Arizona and Pomona? Was there a show? Did you guys do a show? I mean, yeah, it was a couple weeks back. Yeah, it's so much has happened since then. (laughs) What's happening is I'm looking at this. We have this thing called the archive, which actually shows everything. And we had an ignition on 320. And then the next ignition was on 43. And I remember you guys were going to do one, but then it all fell apart. And you were going to do it on Wednesday and fell apart. That's the last man. We're not here to talk about the past, man. I'm not blaming you. I'm totally okay with you guys blowing off the audience one time because you didn't feel like it. That's fine. That's between you and the audience. They, you know, they knew I was traveling. There was no way I could have done it. But I would have told you on that show, hey, guys, I met J.J. Husker fan. He was out there at the race in Arizona. Him and his son drove all night. Like, that's a pretty long drive, man. Just to be at the final race at the uh, Wild Horse Pass Motorsports Park. Where they, they drive from? Nebraska. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oscar fan. You get it. Oscar. Oh, got it. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> right. Oh, a little slow. Sorry. <laughs> but whatever. It feels like that drive would be like eighty hours or something. I think he said it was like fifteen hours. But no. <laughs> come on, Nebraska. To anywhere, let alone Arizona. They feel like they're a million miles apart, even though they're probably not that far apart. But got to hang out with JJ. It was cool. All was good. And now we got to the bottom of what happened with the show. So everything is turning up roses right now. Here's the rest of the Fantasy League results. Patrick the Webmaster, 19th, down 7. Geo down 7, 20th. Speaking of plummeting. Dirt 99, Team 12. Derail, up 3, 23rd. Way to go, Derail. Hebrews 12 1 Racing, 24th, Zamboni John, 25th, Jambalaya J, 26th, Barbecue Bob, 27th, Easy E009, Race Day San Antonio Mike, Intimidator Harley, Stubo, 31st, up 12. Say what? Yeah, I've been on a roller coaster ride. <laughs> you are. That's amazing. And it's a clueless. <laughs> Top Field Champ, 1215, Lake Coney Scott, El Jefe's 35th, Garrett Senkow, 36th, along with Low. Willie B. Racing, 37th, going in circles. Bulls Wool, driving hard. Race Day San Antonio Dixie, Southern Racer X, down six. Busher nearly killed her. 43rd, Elephant Racers, 44th. Pickle Ricks, Mother and Covered, Hockey Dad, Bug Barn, down seven. Bobby, explain. Bobby. Explain. I was 62 out of the 62 people with scores this week. If I would have went to my B drivers, I would have had four drivers in the top 12. That's terrible. <laughs> As it was, I didn't have any in the top 20. <laughs> Yikes. You, you need to have that same magic work with your changing of drivers. Like you should have donated. donated more. Obviously, you didn't go. Oh, obviously, I should have. I should have been protected by my donations. That's really why I had those two good weeks, I guess. So that was right after my donation. See? We're on to it. Okay, everybody. Uh, I'm not saying your score will go up if you donate. But we have some uh, anecdotal evidence that suggests it may happen. So keep that in mind. You need to go on the weekly plan like Joe, Bobby. Yeah, (laughs) I think so. Here we go. Look at this, guys. This is what you care about. Richie Saga's 49th WFO Joe. Four positions I gained. After all that, four positions. 
but I've cracked the top 50. Whoa. It matters. Man, mark it down. Mark yeah. it down. Write it down in the book. The the And I'm only 470 points out of the lead. So after I set my big Martinsville team, uh, you know, with all Ross Chastain in every position, I will be good to go. <laughs> See, Monica, this is why we told you. Put AJ in. Yep. Donate for Plenty AJ. Time. Pay your fees. Yeah, I'll try seventy out of the lead. I just got to cut down a couple of points a week, and I'll be right up there in the mix. I can finish top ten. I'm motivated again, guys. Motivated again. All right. So now is a good time for Troy to talk a little big money bracket racing because that was the big deal of the weekend, spring fling. I know you're all geeked up to talk about it. This Andy Schmall, right? What happened this weekend? Yeah. Where were you going? Where were you? No yeah. sleep. Where, yeah, I know. Were you living on monsters? How many I just want to know. How many followers <laughs> did you gain from start of the weekend to the ending? I don't even care about the raising. I just cared about stripe takers gaining followers. I I think like 20, which was like a 60% increase. Um, That's great. The, what I've learned about Twitter, and I've mentioned this before, like your followers don't really have much to do with your engagement. Like a couple of the right people like your post or retweet your post. And now, you're, you know, maybe you've got 40 followers, but you're getting a thousand people like the words getting out um, in a greater proportion than the amount of followers. So that, so I'm, I'm stoked with, uh, with doing it. It's a lot of fun. And um, Twitter is probably the worst place, right. To like build out a bracket racing uh, social media platform, but it's so quick and easy that, that uh, I'm sticking with it for now. I don't think it is the worst place. I don't I think, think so. That, yeah, mm -hmm. I think you can you can um, get to those people. I think they've got their phone in their pocket, man. Like if they just got to get the word that this guy's putting out the word. That's all. Like and it's wow. starting to happen. It's starting to happen. So uh, it was. So that part was fun, and and yeah, I was glued in, locked in. I love Fling Week. It's uh, it's a ton of fun, and you know what's cool this year? Being between Pomona and the Vegas Four Wide. I think was just huge for that, for that event and for the car count. There was a lot of NHRA um, folks out there that that just kind of hung around the, the Southwest United States after Pomona, waiting on the national event coming up this week. Well, Dallas Glenn was out there, and uh, Dallas was going to try to do the show from the fling, and yep. I was like, "No, nah, man, uh, just go focus on this, and we'll talk to you on Tuesday." So Dallas Glenn is going to join me and Alan Reinhardt tomorrow. Alan Reinhardt was at the Bristol Dirt Race, so everybody's got something very interesting to talk about, except for me. I was just vegetating, looking at kittens, but uh, we'll be talking about that tomorrow. But give us your uh, post-race report there. And Dallas did pretty good, you know, and a lot of other people like Jim Glenn's out there. Bo Gacky and, and his wife are out there. A lot of Sean Langdon out there. A lot of, a lot of folks who um who hit the NHRA circuit. So Tuesday is like all time runs, right? And like so many time runs. There was over 650 entries at that point for the next day's race. So they just run time runs all day. But American Race Cars does kind of spice things up a little bit. They do a dragster shootout, 32 cars. And um, winner gets a brand new $60,000 rolling chassis from American Race Cars with custom paint job. Super sweet. Uh, final round, Dylan Howe and Gary Williams. G-Dub going up against Dylan for the dragster. We got Oregon and Florida. Uh, and really kind of set the stage for an East Coast, West Coast theme that uh, Mike Eames certainly poured some gas on that fire. Uh, mm -hmm. And Ryan, Ryan Gleghorn kind of got it kindled up earlier uh, in the week with some comments out on social media. 
G-Dub turns it red. Dylan Howe cruises um, to the victory and grabs his uh, American race car, which he doesn't need, but but now he has. So Okay, so forgive me for uh, being curious about that, but what, what do you mean the East Coast, West Coast? What did Eames say? What did uh, Ryan say? What, did, what, was the, what was the statement? Well, there's been some topics on on uh, Big Jed and Luke's um, podcast about the OG million in St. Louis as well as the fling and uh, the continued debate of whether West Coasters can compete with the Midwest and the East Coast bracket racers. And if you ask those guys, you know, a lot of them will say no way. And for good reason, right? They kick our butts on a pretty regular basis at these at these kind of events. Um, but with Eames being the new D6 director, now he's uh, – you know, got more of a horse in the race than he ever had. And uh, Gleghorn's on property and the chat bleachers are going crazy. East coast, West coast. Um, and of course those West coasters were, were pretty loud when it came to, to rooting on five, six and seven out here. So y'all got picky too. It's not even the West coast. If it doesn't have water touching it, it's no West coast. And we claim Colorado. We, we take Colorado. <laughs> We don't take the rest of D5, but Colorado's with us. So, yeah, that kind of kind of started that, um, you know, those conversations. So, so Dylan Howe strikes first, one one nothing West Coast over East Coast. Wednesday, the first of three $30,000 races they had on the schedule. But they knew right away they weren't going to get in, get it in. 670 entries on Wednesday. Um you figure half of them doubled entered that so you got still got 400 cars actual cars and 670 entries um broke a, a spring fling record and almost broke the the fling event record the all-time record which they just set at 674 last fall in bristol so just a couple cars away from the all-time record in a place where many thought was like the worst place to have a big money bracket race when they first started having the spring flings in vegas because they didn't think folks would travel but so anyways, Wednesday, they just roll through them, and it's obvious they're going to have to extend it till Thursday. Um, but you're getting to the end. you got Matt Dattis, Luke Bogacki, Corey Galitti, and a few other names that are that are pretty common. Uh, Dattis got that wheel stand in Grand Am, goes up against Colton Aragon in a dragster in the final round. Dattis trees him up and uh, puts that door card in the winner's circle for the first 30 grand check. Then they ran a buyback shootout, which was a randomly selected shootout of people who lost in the buyback. Marissa Quinton hopped in race kids dragster and scored $5,000 check. So D6 is up 2-1 uh, as, Wednesday, as Wednesday closes out. Thursday, they go to finish that. They're up near 700 entries. Um, and they decide they're going to have to combine Thursday's 30K with Saturday's 30K, which would equal... 100k dun, if, dun, dun. if you let peter biondo do the math he threw another 40 grand on top and doubled the payout um doubled the payout for that race so they ran through um they ran through as much of thursday as they could and then postponed things until saturday so now it's friday and it's time for the million right for the big dog and 364 entries showed up, which is an all-time spring fling record, $400,000 winner purse. Uh, so a ton of money on the line. They have a pro ladder. Uh, Brian Cerruti and Justin Lamb wind up in the final there. Winner gets to go onto the main ladder. And um, Cerruti grabbed a lead off the tree, took a double-O stripe, put a dead on seven, put Lamb back on the trailer and moved his way 
into uh, the main field. He'd make it all the way to three cars coming off the bottom in the spring fling million, which is just nuts. The the racers he's going against, the equipment they have, and he's out there foot breaking a Camaro all the way down to. So uh, for the, for those that don't understand that deal, I was just having this conversation with uh, with Gary Stennett about it. A fog it. And that is incredible that the the guys. So for those that don't know the delay box versus not having the delay box, the delay box, right? It's like, it makes everything easier, but not really. It's just a different way of doing it. But coming off the bottom is harder because you're not reacting to the first thing you see. You're reacting to the bottom of the tree somewhere at some point, whichever is best for you. And you got to be able to do it over and over and over again and not, actually react to something else or anticipate it you can anticipate a lot easier off the bottom and go red whereas the delay box you're reacting to the top yellow when the first thing that happens see yellow let go and then you can fine-tune that reaction time to the thou so the fact that there's a separate group of guys that are just saying screw that we're going off the bottom and Real racers. They're that good. That's a that's a, like 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 Matt would say. Real racers. Hey, hey. <laughs> real racers. But anyway, there's more to this story. This is important layer to the story because eventual winner. Dot dot dot. Go ahead, Troy. Yeah. So um, we get we get into the late rounds. There is a huge matchup with ten cars left. Luke Bogacki and Chris Whitfield, which are are somewhat partners in This Is Bracket Racing Elite. Chris is a regular fixture, a guest instructor together, so it's like oh, student and teacher. Geez, but it. both of them are accomplished racers, right? We've got 17-time track champion in Chris Whitfield at Bandemir. Luke, a multi-time world champion. Uh, huge matchup, and, and Whitfield, 009, dead three, locks out Luke Bogacki to, to knock him out at 10 cars and get down to five. So... Fast forward, we got Kyle Coltrane and a dragster and Andy Schmall out of Division 6. He's got a kid performance engine under the hood of that thing and uh, just a door slamming Beretta they call the banana. It's a super sweet car, and, man, it's a good car. Andy goes 588-4 and a 588 after after Coltrane had him on the tree. Coltrane lets him get back around at the stripe, and Andy Schmall parks that thing in the winner's circle for 400K to bring yet another win to Division Six at the Spring Fling um, and bring home the largest check in, in Spring Fling history. So um, just just an amazing, amazing run by Andy, who's, who's known out here as a big hitter. He travels the scene uh, to a certain extent, more than a lot of West Coast folks, well-respected, and uh, he sure earned it just laying down some serious laps. Sometimes he comes off the bottom with that car. In this race, he was not... He well, see, and, that, and that's what I had heard that he had he had been coming off the bottom uh, with the car and had gone many rounds and gone very deep into it. But at this fling, he said, uh, "F it," and put the delay box in and went out and won. Yep, yeah, he's he's won the most. Um, he has he's the winningest pro driver in fling. He's won more of the pro races in the flings than anybody else, uh, right ahead of Justin Lamb, who he met in the finals of this pro race. So. He's a bad man off the top, off the bottom, and uh, and put it in the winner's circle for 400000 bucks. They they split around 20, maybe 18 cars. And at that point, I think there was about 510 on the table between the runner-up and the semi-payouts. So they split half a million bucks. That's amazing. 
just insane. I mean, he probably walked away with 250 and, um, and the rest of the folks, I think all the way down to like six, we're getting 10 grand or something. So they split it up pretty nice, big payout for everybody. And, um, and yeah, D six is in the house. So we move on to Saturday, hundred thousand dollars to finish it out down to five cars. Three of those are from the West coast, but Jeff Verde and the catfish, Jason Lynch, have other ideas. Jason is just a nasty driver. He takes the stripe in every, I mean, in every race, he's taken that stripe. And of course, Jeb Ferdy, the OG winner of the Spring Fling Million. Um, but you get down to the final round. Uh, Catfish got a stripe taken from him by Don Sefton. And that put that put Jason Lynch back on the trailer. So you get Don Sefton out of Bremerton, Washington against Dylan Howe, all D6 final, Oregon versus Washington. And Sefton turns it red, but Dylan decided to go like 11 dead eight just, just for funsies anyway and um, and takes him out. It's interesting. Dylan also took out Don Sefton in the dragster shootout earlier in the week. So um, he had Don's number this weekend. Dylan won 100 grand and a dragster. And a dragster worth 60. Yep. And Dylan, if you all don't know Dylan, he races in um, super comp. He, I think he races in top, top dragster sometimes. He's yep. a young, young fella. But he, by the time he's done, if he sticks with this stuff for an extended period of time, he is going to be widely regarded as, as one of the best. He's young enough that he could eventually become the best to ever do it. I mean, the kid is just amazing. And he's got so many years of racing ahead of him. Uh, look out for Dylan Howe. Well, and, Ju and Justin Lamb has been his mentor yeah. for a while and, and has helped set up the cars and everything. So, yep. um, you know, Brian, we, but Brian and Mindy, who's his dad and mom, they run an alcohol funny car. And yep. so Dylan has been, we've been able to see Dylan kind of come up over the past couple of years and he gets a win in top dragster and he gets a win in super He's won multiple categories already. Uh, we did an attention in the pits on his grandfather's Mr. Rags uh, top dragster which was really cool to see how much the, the kid cared about the history of his family, right? Like, you know, a lot of, some kids are not into that stuff, right? They, you know, like my grandfather, who cares, whatever, Pokemon. Uh, but he's into it. And uh, great stuff. So great for him. And now yeah. I go. Into he's as humble as they come. And just. Hey, can I get 100? <laughs> he's a killer. He's a killer out there, as humble as they come. And, um, and that capped off what turned out to be an amazing event. Winlight Bets uh, was going all week, and that was a ton of fun. I didn't get into it in World Series Pro Mod too much, um, but, but I had a blast with Winlight Bets uh, over the over the week. And um, just a, a fantastic event. Going to be hard to top that. Um, and so that was I'm, the. Eight I'm hearing. I'm hearing Winlight Bets is going to be at Vegas again this weekend as well. Um, and so I'm going to go chat with those guys because I had a great conversation with Rex at World Series of Pro Mod. That was a really great uh, deal to be able to engage with it. I didn't mess around with it for the spring fling because I'm like, that's crazy, right? Like I'm going to gamble on races that are coming down to a thousandth of a second. No way. Like I can't guess. Um, but I saw they were doing some interesting joke, you know, like pr prop bets, that kind of stuff. Like what will take longer? How long will this session take over under 30 minutes? That kind of deal. So it, it's an engagement tool. Jolie wants to know what is win light bets. Jolie Stanfield has a question. Um, Jolie, it's, it's an app 
where you sign in and you you create a uh, you can do it by the way um you create like a an id and they give you like 400 points and then you can wager the points like is Troy and Oregon going to have better than a 50 light this time. I say, yes. And I'm going to wager a hundred points. Matt says, no, of course not. And uh, <laughs> if you, if you get it, it wins and you get like a big explosion of confetti on your phone and your point total goes up by the amount you wagered. Uh, it's now, fun, fun so what's interesting is, is it like sets automatic odds. So your point total actually goes up proportionate to the number of points that were bet on the losing side. So if so if you bet on the underdog, you're gonna get a ton of points because all the people's losing points get split between all the winners evenly. And so you can like make a big run from 30th position to fifth position with one big upset. And and yeah, right now it's not real money, it's just points. But the way he's been structuring these, if you get into the top 10 by the end of the event, you can thousand bucks to whoever won on Million Dollar Friday. Dragster right, so Jeff he, says he finished tenth, and we were. I saw you posting yeah. that Dragster Jeff was doing well, and I took notice to that. And he was sixth at the time. He says he finished tenth in the million. Yep, and I finished sixth. So we're going to both be getting uh, t-shirts, free t-shirts from Rex Simmermaker at Winlight Bets, and um, it was a ton of fun. The, the first place person on the on the surrounding days got five hundred dollar prize pack, and I think on Million Dollar Friday they got a thousand dollar cash. Wow. For the winner. So Monica says do you a single dollar. Points? We're going to learn more about this. Do you purchase points? You get your points for free just by signing up. And then they have little tasks that you do, like click on this ad or, you know, share with your friends. You get a couple of points. They've got incentives. I found it to be great. I found it to be great. Even if it never becomes full on gambling, just for engagement. But you got to have the Internet access. I don't know if it works at the track. Yeah, super fun. I mean, on your you just have it on your cell phone. So as long as you've got phone service, then um, then you're good to go. But excellent. Yeah. So I'm scheduled to talk with Rex this weekend. Uh, it should be pretty cool. Good way awesome. to go, Dragster Jeff. Well, good job, Troy. Yeah, that was really um, cool. Yeah. So just to just to reiterate, Division Six went four and one. <laughs> so what I like here's here's what I like. Okay, see, I'm Division Two. I'm very far away from all this stuff. I like that you are locked into the NHRA divisional construct. You know what I mean? Because some people might think this is big money bracket racing, man. It really has not a lot to do with the National Hot Rod Association and their divisional system, but it does. And the way that you're uh, pre presenting it as part of the divisional construct, I think, is is great and would probably annoy a lot of those anti NHRA people. It does some of them, but like no matter what a lot of those folks want to say that are like, you know, big money and heck with the NHRA deep down, they know what division they're in, you know, and they know, they know, and, and it's a thing. And, uh, and it was a thing this week. And, uh, and if there was ever any doubt whether the West coasters could compete, um, hopefully that has all been put to rest. There you go. Now, Matt in Australia, his head is swimming just because of the numbers that you're throwing out there, winning $400,000 to win a bracket race, a single race. Um, Matt, like you guys, I'm surprised that you're still surprised is really the answer. Oh, man, I've seen it happen for years and years now, but now being connected with you guys and, and hearing it firsthand from, especially from Troy and how invested he is in it. Uh, I watched, I watched some of the racing on YouTube um, from Bankshift, and 
yeah, it just it just blows my mind. Troy sent me a message during the race and and said, "Don't you guys have stuff like that down here?" And we had one race in 2019 at my home track here, and it was uh, total prize pool 25k um, for a sportsman, you know, dolly around quarter mile, and that's as big as it's ever got. There hasn't been anything before that, and there hasn't been anything since that. It's just we we just don't have the volume of cars, and and as of as a broken broken record, we're we're spread out that much across a big continent. It's it just doesn't it just doesn't happen. Right, giant continent. Well, uh, let's get the torque calibration services big money bracket <laughs> uh, fun going. Oh, and, yeah. You know, maybe we go in the opposite direction, right? Like I was always thinking. Like this big money bracket thing that has gotten, it's like poker. It really is. It's like Texas Hold'em poker was when Moneymaker went out there and then everybody was like, oh man, you can do that? Wow, that's cool. And they all wanted to be part of the World Series of Poker. And Geo certainly knows a whole lot about that world, having produced the Poker Action Line show for 10 years. Um, that's It's a scene. That's what bracket racing is. Like there's got to be someone who's like not a racer going, what? $400,000? Like I bet I could do that. Let me go buy something. Uh, it's as simple as that. But there has to be low-dollar bracket racing, too. Uh, maybe we could get something like that going down there in Australia, man, with dial-your-own-streetcars. That's where, you know, just your streetcar, man. That's where the fun is. Just, you drove it in. Like, that's the rule. You got to drive it in. Run what you brung. Run what you brung. You got to drive thing, it right? in. That's me, to this day, some of the most fun nights I've ever had was... You drive to the track, you drive in, you put it in the lanes, you race all night, you drive home. That's fun. No work. Well, and that used to be like the badge of honor. Like when my pops would talk about racing, that's, I mean, that's, people didn't have a, a separate car to go race. They just raced the car. They raced their car, you know, and they'd drive <laughs> it to the track and they would race it and they would hopefully drive it home if they didn't leave it on the track, you know. Oh, trust me, there there were, this was going back many years, but, you know, back in the day, Dave and I would be driving a 67 Camaro to the track, dropping the exhaust, we brought Slicks along with us, swapped the wheels, and ran it down track, um, you know, and uh, yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun, but I won't disagree that, hey, having the truck and trailer, and then eventually the enclosed trailer and everything else is nice, just saying, but... Yeah, but we did have a lot of fun doing that, and yeah, we we had a we had a whole crew of people that we would go to Maple Grove and just that was what you did: drop the exhaust and and run it. It was great. It was a good time. So it's funny that you were giving me a blast from the past. That's how you start, right? My dad with our '78 Trans Am, he would drive the car out there, and I would follow in the truck, <laughs> and uh, we just kind of caravaned out there. And the first thing we would do is drop the exhaust and switch over the tires, wheels and tires. And yep. that's just part of the deal that you got to do if you want to go race the car. And that was just for test and tune, man. Test and tune, 13 second car, 12 second car eventually. And then we realized like, okay, this is something we like. Got to buy a trailer. Got to buy a trailer because this is a big pain in the butt. And I remember when we got my cousin's Malibu wagon to run 1480s, right? We were sub 15. We were just like, we thought we were racers, you know, like we were, <laughs> we got the old 355 tuned up, you know, and 
and got that old Malibu wagon full interior down there, 1480s. And boy, you didn't want to mess with us because we had us a wheel. You know, we had us a car. Yeah. And uh, so fun, man. And Matt, to your point, as into this as I am, it still blows me away, man. And this month alone, there's over a million dollars of big money bracket racing money up for grabs just in April in three races between three events. It's um, and so when I see things like Houston and all this other stuff happening that like makes you feel bad when I see 700 entries at the fling, it just makes me feel like drag racing is going to be just fine. Um, it's, it's by definition, never been better. We're having bigger entry fields at all of these events, one after another, after another. And, um, it's great to see. Yeah, it really is. Uh, sustainability is always my question. Sustainability. The entry fees, like are people going to get burned out on the entry fees? It's a lot. Do they have that money to do that? And the answer is I think that they do. I think that they do. Like this is not, uh, it's not poker. Like well, you don't bring nothing. Poker, you bring nothing. Your experience in your brain and you sit down and you got your weirdo sunglasses on to hide your eyes. And other than that, like to do this, like Verdi, he's got the dually in the open trailer and he's driving across the country. And so he's got his deal and he's paid for forever, right? He could run this deal forever on the winnings of the one year. He won twice, but some people are going to cycle in. Some people are like Dan Fletcher went out. He got involved in a couple. He said, eh, and then he's doing other things. There are people are going to come and go and cycle in and out. If it's your day, it's your day. Someone is going to win that. Like you won out of 670. Those odds are pretty good. Like buying a lottery ticket. Not it's so not bad. bad. It's not bad. And I think Peter's got it figured out in that this isn't like a Saturday night bracket race with a huge entry fee. This is an experience. This is, um, there's so much stuff that has nothing to do with the race and with the giveaways and contests. They got Easter egg hunts for the kids. I mean, he's created an atmosphere there where, it's just vacation with a little bit of racing yeah. and um, and they, people seem to love it and they just keep on coming. And I, again, I think the Pomona week off Vegas, like if that's how it keeps going in the future, it's only going to get bigger. Yeah. Well, for us, it's perfect. There was a lot of people that went, I'm sure. I mean, I, I didn't hear Bo and Randy Lynn's name mentioned, but I'm sure they were going that way. Um, why would you not? Right. If you're going to be there this coming week and you just left Pomona, why would you not just get there early and spend a week in Vegas uh, drag racing, trying to win four hundred thousand dollars? And somebody did. And I bet you the casino hosts were all over him. It's like, hi, welcome. I'm calling you from Cosmopolitan. Hey, well, the first thing they do is put him in a limo and take him to the casino. Yeah. <laughs> so, yep. But, but yeah. I, I think you nailed it, though. I mean, part of it is it's. The, the timing was great this year, but it's reputation. Peter, the entire staff of the fling, they put on, and you nailed it. It's an experience. People want to go to it. Um, you know, trust me, like we were going back and forth on chats and you're like, this is on my bucket list and, and uh, you'll make it happen one of these days. Trust me, it, it'll happen. D Dave and I, we were, we were getting so excited. We're like, all right, when are we going to do this? When are we going to? you know but they make it they make it the experience and and that's the that's the races that hold on i mean there's a lot of good good racing series and and joe i hear you talking about the big money and it's not for everybody but there's so many different series out there that's the beauty of drag race and there are so many different options out there there's a lot of 
a lot of different different series that you can join into across uh, you know across the states and um yeah. you know so pick your budget pick what you want to do um join in drag race and you're gonna have a blast right it's like just none of them are in south florida right like one thing we know is that none of them are in south florida which is about but bradenton bradenton has got a healthy thing going on over there in the winter when it yeah. is best what is best for me and that's probably what project pontiac is all about as much as i want to run super street and that's getting the uh, lion's share of the attention uh for that the winter time bracket stuff to go hit one or two with a car that can actually compete and win something um, is would be great. It would be great content for WFO and our YouTube channel and me as a media personality, but it would also be a lot of fun. And the weather is great and everybody's there. So that's part of it uh, also. Uh, having this conversation, I keep referencing with Gary just a few months ago about a couple of local tracks in Alabama that run for $5,000 every weekend. Like every weekend, every time they open, there's a $5,000 check. He goes, you know, man, if you've got that available to you, you really don't need to travel anywhere ever. Like you, you, why would you like, you can go 20 minutes from your house and run for five grand every weekend. Like you can, that's it. That's your plan. When you, you have to travel a long way, that's when people get involved in an HRA or something. Cause they know that there's going to be a race. They know there's going to be a good purse and it's just what you've got available to you as to what uh, you end up doing. So uh, that's why my friends have started to go dot 90 racing. I think about Corey and my buddy Rick and Jason, they have all gone dot 90 racing in division two because there's nothing else to do. There's no other alternative. So they said, all right, we're going to do this. And, uh, and they're doing it. They're doing a great job. All right. Formula was, one. <clears throat> there was a lot of guys on the stop there, Joe. So you can just keep really? that bad boy on. Oh yeah. More than I would have thought. Um, quite a few, but quite I a few guys running it on the stop. Inconsistent. I just I, I don't see how car on the stop is going to be as consistent as often. And two, 2025 will be the 10th Spring Fling Million in Vegas. So that's um that's when we need to meet up in Vegas. WFL takes over the fling. Bring over the bring bring the TA, right? I'll get that torque calibration services of Australia uh spring fling entry sponsorship. And uh we'll bring all the, <laughs> look at Matt's Matt's eyes are huge. We'll get uh, all the, you know, all the WFO sponsors will get in on it and we'll go out there and we'll create content and yep. generate attention and maybe win the thing. Put the mark out 2025. We got to make it happen. Come I'm on. In. I'm in. All right. There it is. See, that was easy. I'm, I'm going to give you some South Pacific pesos. I'm, I'm <laughs> That's no problem. Man. It all, anything helps. Dragster Jeff says he's in too. 2025, the big spring fling meetup. Oh man. All right. I'll, I'll I'll get a jar going. I'll get this <laughs> jar going. Wake Geo up. Geo's, we're losing Geo. Yeah, no, he's. I tried to get him to go bracket racing one time. He was not not into it. I went. What do you mean I wasn't into it? I went with you. You weren't, you weren't into it. No, did you? Did you come to the track? I think you did. I did go to the track a few times over there in West Palm. Yeah, there you go. Which there's another meeting. I even, by went the way. To that, I even went to that track out out in the airport in the middle of the Everglades. You went to Immokalee? Really? No, wow. man. No, no. That's a good the other track. The one that was like That's Immokalee. That that's Immokalee, yeah. No, that's it wasn't that far out, man. It was oh man, it was only a few times they had a track there and then they, they never did it again. <laughs> 
and it was like an old airport. County line? Maybe. I don't know. What the hell do I know? <laughs> you did. You asking me to remember stuff that, you know, was a long time ago. <laughs> well, I thought it was just the short term that is bad. I've lived, yeah, but I, you know, I've got this whole lifetime. Well, let's say you went to Immokalee. Let's just go with that, and that's a pretty crazy stat, if that's the case. That's a good one. Matt, you had something? I just said you woke Geo up, and then you expect him to answer questions, but just do <laughs> Thank you, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> just do everything you guys are saying. It all comes down to, by the sounds of it, these, these good promoters. Uh, are putting on events, but they're putting on entertainment. And from what Troy and Sue are saying, it's covering every base. Like, and we've spoken about it before, Joe. Like, the bathrooms are good. You know, Troy, you said it. There's an egg hunt for the kids. Like, so that from any member of your family or crew, there's no pushback to go back next year. But somebody, somebody's had a good experience in one way or another. It's not just the money. Well, and, and so Peter Biondo is great at everything that he's ever done. And uh, I know him enough to say that he's a good person also. And Kyle Seipel, who was his partner in this deal, was also a good person from a family who managed racetracks. And when they dreamed this deal up, they put everything that they had ever thought would be a good idea and all of their heart and positive energy into this. Uh, and, you know, if, if, if they're making money, obviously if Peter's making money off of this, that's great, but it's a gift to drag racing. Really. It's like a win win because they created something from nothing that like, look at Vegas. Like that, that is a great track. It's quickly becoming my favorite track because of Jeff Foster and how much they love it. And, it feels like it's stable. It's hard to fall in love with something that you think might go away. But this is a cornerstone event for them. The fling, man. It's huge. It's huge. And we're going to roll in there with the National Hot Rod Association. People are going to be thinking about the fling. What a big deal it was. So it's a win-win for everybody. And it just goes to show you that, you know, if you build it, they will come. Best staging lane photo ops in the game. With the palm trees in the background and the I mean, it's just like that whole um, thing's perfect. Looking down track at the mountains. I mean, it's just like that place is yeah. awesome. The, the way the sun goes down in the lanes at Vegas is one of the best automotive photographs out there. And it could be a golf cart or whatever it is you're taking a shot of at Magic Hour, right? In the lanes in Vegas. And Troy, I know you were there last year and you just got to see that the sun going down, cars going down the way track. It's, a, it's amazing. It's a great, great time. Yeah. But the Patreon meetup this year will be at the Stampede of Speed, which is equally amazing. And everybody should go. The Stampede of Speed. <laughs> Won't forget, if you're a Patreon, you might have access to discounted hotel rooms. Please let me know. So far, I have four people are interested. Matt has said he is interested. And Caleb and Ford and Derek and a couple others. But uh, let me know, because I will be having that conversation this week. Joe at WFORadio.com. There you go. I'm, I'm right. into I've got to sponsor the Pontiac to get to Vegas in two years' time. <laughs> the wheel goes round. Like, you know, like this is how that's going to happen. You're going to come out. You're going to come to the Stampede of Speed. You're going to make some sort of great connection. You're going to torque calibrate somebody's wrench. And uh, next thing you know, <laughs> that almost took a turn. <laughs> <laughs> I got a factory show to drive, yeah? Yeah.
Exactly. That's how it works. All right, Giovanni, get us up to speed on F1. What do we got? I noticed there's some uh, rumors. F1. Yep. Nothing really going on. There was in a race this weekend. There, they got basically the whole month of April off. On the what, 27 for at the end of the month, they're going to race in Azerbaijan. But uh, the next real important race is the week after that, May the seventh. They're coming to the MIA. Yes, they're coming to our neck of the woods. The who? I have so tickets. That's, that's, uh, I have tickets that's, that that's right around the corner at a at an extreme exaggerated price. If anybody <laughs> would like to go <laughs> to Formula One Miami and be part of the WFO junket, there are two. Yeah. Are you going to just go if they don't sell? We already have a plan. Uh, much like we did last year, we're going to sell the qualifying day tickets to recoup as much of the investment as is possible. And then I'm going to go on Sunday. Absolutely. Race day and Friday. I think Megan's in. That's what it looks like. Megan. Oh, uh, yes. A race <laughs> at a reasonable time zone. Exactly. Yeah. Megan, you need to make the trip. Yes. $3,500 each. And uh, they can be yours. <laughs> AJ will enjoy it. <laughs> exactly but no that's right geo it's coming up quick something else to stress about and here's the thing if you buy the full event tickets for formula one you will also get a free kitten <laughs> i'm not going that's the thing. you get a kitten in addition to the formula one tickets that's, That's like right? I think that might be illegal to do that, so I don't know, but we'll work it out. It's like a free gift. It's, it's a, a free gift. Instead of a gift bag or a value a pack, right. you're getting. Non-feral. Non you're very anti-cat, Bobby Graham. You're very anti-cat. You're afraid of these things. No, my dogs are anti-cat. Well, you know, you and control those dogs. You train them not to kill uh, their animals. Uh, yeah, I know. That's the problem. That's it. <laughs> That's, that is. That is. Well, Wayland awesome. Kitty doesn't want to share his uh, house share here. House. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Now, Bobby doesn't have anything against the cats. We'll no, just, gotta just it's not me. It's the dogs. It's the dogs. It's the dogs. Are dogs. dogs. Dogs are anti-cats. All right. So, so yeah. So F one really. Uh, no, uh, no race going on. Did you see some kind of interesting rumors that we should be aware of? Well, I'm seeing that there are some uh, rumblings about Lewis Hamilton reveals McLaren desire after major staff reshuffle by Sam uh -oh. Cooper. Uh -oh. Lewis Hamilton says he hopes to see his old team McLaren return to the top of the grid after recent technical team restructure. Hamilton spent 14 years associated with McLaren, including six as one of the historic team's F1 drivers, although it has been a decade since he had left McLaren. The team is currently not at the level it was with Hamilton, who won his first of seven world titles at McLaren in 2008. And he goes on to talk about it. You can't compare us to McLaren. We've won eight world titles in the last 10 years, Hamilton said, when asked if Mercedes was in the same position as McLaren. McLaren is like an old home for me. It's old family. So I'm always looking to see where they are and hoping they figure things out and become the team they once were. The team I know them as being in my early years and before then. So I hope whatever restructuring they're doing is good. And they go on to talk about McLaren's restructuring, et cetera, and so on. 
That didn't seem very provocative that he's leaving, though. No. That's just one of those uh, clickbait headlines. One of those, like, yeah, yeah, it wouldn't be the end of the world to go back there on the way out the door or something kind of thing. What, Ricardo's coming back maybe, though, huh? I saw a story about that. Oh, I didn't see that. What I'm seeing is ESPN reporter apologizes after blasting Sergio Perez for photo snub. Uh -huh. ESPN reporter Miguel Gonzalez has issued a sincere apology to Sergio Perez after initially criticizing him for refusing to take a picture with his son. Gonzalez took aim at the Red Bull driver in a two-part tweet when spotting Perez out in a restaurant and trying to organize a picture with his son only to be denied. The reaction to Gonzalez's tweets, though, was a strong one as people defended Checo and pointed out he was well within his rights to refuse an autograph and a picture request went out with his family. Absolutely. Thanks to Sergio Perez for ignoring and turning your uh, turning your back on my son when they were leaving the restaurants, Gonzalez tweeted. Incredulous. I approach you to ask if you could take a picture with him and you denied it, saying that you came with your family. This time, the tears you provoked were not from emotion. My child waited for them to finish and leave so as not to be impertinent. What a pity it bothers you when a child asks you for a photo, although you have every right to deny it. By the way, the garbage on the table is collected. Education is also taught and learned as a family. Today, after those angry tweets, Gonzalez would later apologize to Perez for crossing the line. Today, I have to offer a sincere apology to Sergio Perez. <laughs> yeah. Gonzalez said. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I insist that he, he was within his rights. My reaction was wrong. Sincere apology. <laughs> Jackass. And there it is. Yeah. Way to break the most yeah. important rule. Don't become the news. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> this guy, he's a reporter, first of all. So that's, that's not a good uh, deal. And look, man, I don't care if Checo was with his family, by himself, with his dog. If the guy's at a restaurant, you, you don't approach. It's just that simple. I've seen numerous famous people at the restaurant. And you make, you know, the gesture, if you make eye contact, like the wave or something that you recognize and acknowledge who they are. But you never come to the table to ask for an autograph or something ridiculous like that. Don't come to the table for anybody for any reason unless you're the server. Uh, that's it. Like even a stranger, like you don't go up to a stranger while they're eating and be like, Hey, uh, let me talk to you about something. It's just, that's personal time. These guys got to have personal time. How do you uh, deal with this sort of situation, Joe? Well, so I always think of the Don Rickles, Frank Sinatra, uh, deal where that Don Rickles story. <laughs> well, Don Rickles sees, uh, Frank Sinatra. Don Rickles is on a date and he sees Frank Sinatra. And there he goes over to Frank. He's like, hey, you got this girl here. Could could you swing by and just say hi? You know, so the date goes good. And he's like, all right, I'll do it. Sinatra says, yeah. And so Rickles goes and sits down and they're ordering. And Sinatra comes over and he's like, uh, hey, Don, how's it doing? And he's like, hello, Frank. Uh, can't you see we're eating here, Frank? I mean, really? And he, you know, he, he leans on Sinatra for bothering him. And that was the cool uh, deal. He set him up. So that's what I do, Matt, in Australia. We set them up I to knock out. them down. I become incredulous. Don't you see I'm eating here? You're Jeez. bothering me. Hey, Frank, I'm You're great. Man. Why do you have to bother me? I'm eating. Can't you see? Um, I'm in the, the company of a lovely lady. Love it.
Anyway, time for Sports Collision. Oh, Joey Sanfield is going to be at the Texas race. That's my home race. So she's going to the form. I'm assuming you mean Formula One, Jolie. Jolie, when are we going to be able to tell people? Proper etiquette, says Monica. Okay, go ahead. she's talking about the stampede of speed. I think so. Could be. Yeah, she's going to stampede of speed. Oh, I hope so. And Vegas. Troy. Troy. Yeah, isn't that what makes more stampede? Stampede speed. All right. Well, we're talking she, Formula One. I don't know. She she said so she was going to go to Vegas. She goes to a lot of races. She's had a lot of races. <laughs> Matt in Australia, you got something for Troy? Go. Uh, just Troy. Uh, Daniel Ricciardo. Every three days down here, he's got a new drive in Formula One. <laughs> like, man, the guy the guy is loved beyond words down here as a Formula One driver and. His personality and just being a lunatic, and yeah, every I reckon every two to three days on social media, and are in some news clip. Daniel Ricardo is going to be back driving next round. <clears throat> Dan- yeah, Daniel said- Ricardo looks smarter and smarter after every race. <laughs> oh yeah, oh. actually, actually, there was a really on the uh, the coverage here in in Australia. There was a really good interview with uh, Christian Horner, which probably didn't make it anywhere else in the world. It was just on local TV. And uh, they were talking about having Daniel in the simulator back at Red Bull. And the first time back, or the first few times back, uh, how they picked up how he picked up so many bad habits over the last few years since he's been from Red Bull. So they overlaid how he drove the car before to how he drives it now. And now they're actually training him to drive the car like he used to when he was back at Red Bull because he used to have to compensate so much in the cars that he was in that it, it gave you, it's given him bad habits. I reckon from Christian Horner's mouth. Wow. We'll see if he comes back in. I'm stoked to see Aston Martin, uh, be respectable, uh, too. That's oh, you mean faster than Ferrari? Is that what you mean by respectable? No, I don't. I'm not taking no shots at Ferrari, man, but, um, no, I'm just, you know, pumping, yeah. you know stating a fact. It's pretty clear <laughs> that Fernando is the, you know, second or third, Second or third fastest team, you know, and now Mercedes all of a sudden is running up front again. And and Fernando's older than than Troy and Joe. Like there's hope for them yet, right? <laughs> yeah, no, he's not uh, over fifty. Matt. Get out of here, Matt. Well, but you're only like forty two, right? Matt, you're, you're only forty. Killing me. Joe is over two here. of them, Joe. I'm moving on. But we're not I'm running with that. Yeah, I'm just moving and, on. Man. And also, I will say that that comment by uh by uh what by Christian is a little self-serving and grandizing in itself. Oh, too, you know? oh yeah, we gotta now yeah. unteach him all the crap he learned at these crappy teams. Yeah, now that he's yeah. been yeah. gone so long from Red Bull, you know. That doesn't sound like Christian. No, no, not at all. <laughs> you know? Megan says, "How do you applaud Christian for throwing Zach Brown under the bus?" Oh yeah, any chance no, he gets right. <laughs> Come on, I mean, we we watched the, the the Netflix show. I mean, Christian, you know, he doesn't like to one-liners for TV or to take shots at anybody else, right? Oh, no. Yeah, there's no <laughs> luck. But, uh, no, uh, circling back, there is no F1 for a couple of weeks. We got Azerbaijan and Miami and back-to-back at the end of April and the first week of May. What we do have this week is IndyCar, Long Beach of uh, Long Beach. Long Grand Beach Prix of Grand Prix. Yes. Acura yes. Grand Prix of Long Beach. <laughs> so uh, maybe we'll get a, a report 
but uh, that's what that is this week. Hold on, redo that. Let's get a good cut. We need a. <laughs> we need you to redo that. Ah, get out of here, man! I'm not. I <laughs> think I'm gonna go back and find this spot on in 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 the tape. <laughs> yeah. No, man. I'm not. I, you see, I'm not that sensitive. <laughs> But in any event, that was uh, going. And also to give uh, hu- uh, J.J. Husker fan his full due, it's about 18 hours, over 1,200 miles from uh, where he has, is in Nebraska to Phoenix, man. That's a long-ass drive, dude. Yeah, I know. I knew it. <laughs> Very long drive. Yeah. Him and his son, they did it. They did uh, team driving. Who? That's not all night. That's a day and a night. Yeah. Because I drive all night to Dallas, and that's not but nine hours. I think the Grand uh, Canyon was part of it. Something like that. There was a bunch of into it. All right, Sports Collision, Gio, go. All right, uh, Sports Collision. Yesterday on Easter Sunday was the Masters. And after the weekend of weather... Over Friday afternoon and Saturday morning, then the trees were trying to kill the patrons over the weekend. I don't know if anybody's seen those videos. It is, uh, you know, it's quite funny now that we know nothing happened, but it was a little freaky deaky there seeing people having to haul ass as the trees were coming down at the Masters. It was great entertainment. Yeah, that was scary. That one view that I saw of the tree falling down, like those people could have easily been squished under the tree. Could have gone, could have gone horribly wrong. Plenty of people that were quite literally running for their life. I, I don't want to make you know make a light of it, but it was. No, know, no, no. It's okay to make light of it because, like, think about. <laughs> no, nobody got hurt. Nobody got squished. No, but like, it's, it's hello. We we're in a sport like okay when the foul ball goes into the uh, you know baseball like the bat goes there they put up the nets and everybody's always trying to protect everybody from everything and I understand like I, I get it. And it's also mocked at the same time. Everybody tries to protect everybody from everything. Can you imagine the world we would be living in today if there was like a crystal clear HD video of some person or multiple people being squished by one of those trees? We oh. are just lucky. Like they just got lucky because they here it comes. It's coming down and the people kind of got out of the way. That was a crazy video. It kind of was like. It's like they fell in slow motion almost. Every news channel tonight. Tragedy at the Masters. (laughs) Squish. (laughs) So, yeah. So, unfortunately, there was no actual tragedy. The only tragedy was Bruce Kepka choked the lead up, had a four-stroke lead at one point there, and John Rahm just kind of brought him home and reeled him in little by little and in the end, uh, was just too much. Kepka was leading the first couple of rounds and had a really good day Thursday and Friday. But then once those rains came in on Saturday, he had only gotten about halfway through the course and had to come back Sunday morning. And he went through about what I think he went 16 or 17 holes without uh, hitting a birdie. And he had four bogeys at that point, and the plus 13, I mean, the 13 under turned into nine under, eight under, and next thing you know, no longer had the lead. And so John Rahm gets the win, uh, first Masters win, and Kepka ends up coming in second, tied with uh, old lefty himself, Mick. Hell! Woo! Round, shot 65 on Sunday. 
Now, he was never really in contention for the lead there. As you know, I'm telling you, he shot 65 on Sunday and he ended up at eight under. So he, I, I believe he was six under on Sunday. And so he was done and eight under long before John Rom was, while John Rom was still halfway through the course and he was already at 12 under. So it was never really close. But uh, Mick nonetheless comes in second, tied for second and uh, big money. Uh, not quite uh, live money where those guys get $4 million for winning uh, any weekend. But uh, the winner, John Rahm, took home $3 million, which is not chump change. Uh, you know, I wouldn't mind a $3 million paycheck for a nice uh, weekend of golf at the Masters. That's a beautiful course, even in the rain. Right. He says it was painful to watch Tiger limping around. Yeah, that might have been Tiger's last uh, match. Oh, you know, unfortunately, that watching Tiger with his, you know, Tiger's got a mangled leg and uh, he may he may never win again. It's, you know, he has a hard time just walking the course. So we'll see. Who knows? Changes game. You know, there's been guys who who have been in it a long time, but they learn how to be a different player than they were in their prime and still get it get up and get down but he he's still kind of the same old guy and when you're trying to put that much power into you know into his shots and his leg just um it's pretty Boy, brutal to watch. Right, he's got that physical he's got a physical issue now what are we doing to but, this guy like with any expectations like to me like this guy's he was arguably the well, actually you know what Let, joe you're right Let, let's say he made the cut for 23rd consecutive year at the master tying a record yeah and it, it's it's the disappointment of tiger not really of, of the realization that he can't really win anymore that's it it's like you know it's all downhill he's seen the show the show is over the tiger woods show you're never going to see it again sad you're never going to see that again tiger woods it's not going to happen again. It was a cultural phenomenon. We all lived it. We wrote but, but it. But it was 2019, man. Just the other day, you know, but, you know. Car accident. Car accident, you know. Another. Like, yes, another. No, look, you know what? I don't know why Tiger ever gets behind the wheel of anything. All that money, he should be chauffeured around everywhere. I mean, if he, he likes to drive, it's, it's just, it's, that's it. The Tiger show is, is over. He's had an amazing look, career. I, He's uh, he's arguably the greatest golfer of all time. Some of us would still say Jack Nicholas, but hey, great stuff. Way to go. Tiger. So, yeah, so Masters went on. That was great. Um, NBA season closed out yesterday. The playing games will begin tomorrow, Tuesday. Uh, your Miami Heat is in the playing game. They are they finished in number seven. So they will be playing on Tuesday against Atlanta. And the winner of that game will play Boston, will begin a series against the dreaded Boston Celtics over the weekend on Saturday. And then what about the other- uh, your guy Haslam dropped like a 30 piece to close out the season, right? How about you, D? Not just close out the season, really close out his career as he will be retiring after the season. 20 years, a true heat lifer, a Miami guy born. Yep. Here in South Florida, Overtown, raised, went to Miami High, you know, uh, ran off and went to Gainesville for a few years in school. We won't hold that against him. But uh, <laughs> did uh, come back and play his entire NBA career with the Heat. It was a great career, multiple championships. He was part of the, that, uh, the, 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 what, the, the Heatles early on with uh, Bosch and LeBron, those quick four years that were here, which is, uh, Seems like a forever ago already, 
And it was just so, it was so quick. It was just lightning in a bottle. Four wonderful years of, you know, finals every year and just being all over the, the basketball world and the basketball news. But uh, yeah, UD retiring and the Heat are in the playing game. Hopefully they'll beat Atlanta and uh, got a good series against Boston. Uh, let's see what happens. And the in the other playing game on Tuesday, I believe that's Minnesota plays the Lakers. So we'll see what happens there with LeBron. And then Wednesday, the, the, the 9 and 10 matchups are Chicago plays Toronto and OKC plays at New Orleans. And so we'll see what goes on. The NBA playoffs have started there. And in other uh, big news tonight, as we are speaking in WNBA news, Troy, what is going on? You know it. It's last night, baby. Woo! That's right. The Indiana Fever. Those of you out there in NHRA land should be known. I'm sure you guys are following Indiana Fever very closely. They had the number one pick, and they went with South Carolina's Aaliyah Boston. First pick overall. There you have it. And uh, that is going on. I would tell you to turn over, but by the time you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure the coverage will be done. But, uh, Go find out what uh, what were the rest of the picks in the WNBA draft going on tonight. And uh, MLB news. MLB season in full swing. Everybody's played about seven, eight games now. We got a week under the belt and a, and a weekend. Um, the Yankees, same old story. You know, a lot of, lot of, lot of stars. Nah. I don't know. Not enough what pitching. Are you characterizing the season already. Same old story. Yep. What? Same old What's, story. Not enough pitching. It? Poorly constructed roster. All right. Tampa Bay, 10 and 0. I'm predicting here the, the Tampa Bay Devil Rays are going to go 162 and 0, a record never before achieved <laughs> and will never before matched again. They will never lose this season. Tampa Bay with their $20 million payroll. Those guys in the smart in the front office for, are just smarter than everybody else. When Tampa calls with a trade, just hang up. All right? Tampa, Oakland, there's a handful of teams out there that when they call you and they want to trade with you, just hang up the phone. You're not going to win no matter what. Tampa Bay. Just, Unbelievable. just tell us how you actually feel, Gio. Yep. Yeah. Oh, anyway, yes. Uh, the Yankees, you know, Judge is on fire. He's already got four dingers. He's on pace for 70s home runs. Uh, <laughs> I just, now the, I gotta tell, have I, the same number of titles as the Marlins or more. What was that? Do the Rays have more World Series victories? No, than no the, the Rays Rangers? have zero World Series. Zero. How about that? The Marlins have two. The yeah. Marlins actually have two. Yeah. So, right. but yeah, no, the Rays have been to the World Series, but they've never won it. Just like Oakland has never quite been able to, you know, the money ball, while, it, uh, you know, big proponent, I get it, stats, numbers don't lie. But uh, what happens is the baseball playoffs is a small sample size. And so none of those uh, money ball teams have ever really been able to win, which is really a fraud because all the other teams stole the money ball theory. And so now everybody uses money ball. And so it's no longer really an advantage. <laughs> well, why is it not working for the Yankees, though? Obviously, uh... well, look, the Yankees have what had over 25 seasons of 500 or better baseball, which is unheard of. And unfortunately, just what I said, the postseason is a weird sample size. And while the Yankees do spend and have one of the highest top five payroll year after year, they are poorly constructed. 
the and he's like, you told me with Tiger, I would, I would tell Yankees fans, like, yo, you guys have 27 world yeah, champions. No, I, you're, you're right about that. That's true, but Shit. it's been too yeah, long. Boston's got two since now. The it's been war. too long, Troy. Like right? 2009, so, yeah, 2023 so now. There are generations of young Yankee fans who don't know what greatness is. I have a 12-year-old that has never seen a Yankee World Series victory, man, is, or even appearance. How about that? Right. So. But whatever. If they keep constructing teams, not well, right? Like, I don't know, man. Like, it's the season just started. You can't be complaining 10 games in. You can't. Like, you got I, I, your well, you acquisition. Party five they brought out there day after day? everybody's injured. You got, uh, you bring on these free agent acquisitions and they all get injured immediately and they're not available. Like that's make a trade and bring in an injured player. I'm, you know, and the bench, the bench is not very good. Look, I'm not the Yankees. Don't, nobody's going to feel sorry for them. They have a very good starting nine, but no bench. And so whenever you give a, a day off to certain guys, it looks like they're tanking or, or, or they're just not even playing to win. All right, let's move on. I'm not ready for Yankee crying, crying towel. I'm not ready for that. You know, the river. <laughs> yeah, I'm not ready for that. Floodgates. Olson Strebler says, "I'm 47 and I've never seen a Mariners World Series team." Geo, uh, nobody has. That's that's the solace, though. You're not alone. Nobody has seen it. The thing about the Yankee fans is that, you know, every layer, there's a layer of people who did get to see it. And then new people come around. They want to see it. The good news is for you guys, no one has ever seen that. It's really it's never happened. And that's that's it. So you should. Hey, look, Joe and I pretty much didn't see a, a Yankee championship until we were, what, 23 years old. Yeah. That, that was, the Bronx is burning of 76, 77. That was, you know, we were babies back then. Someone and, brought, up, brought up Fernando Valenzuela the other day and I got irate. Oh, yeah. Became irate <laughs> immediately. Like, whatever. All right, let's move on. Sports collision's over. Anything else? Do you have anything else? <laughs> I have a few things I want to throw out there that are out of the, out of the norm before we give everybody their opportunity. You to know, put I'm out sure there's a million things that I'm going to remember, but uh, something happened to my notes that I have taken over the weekend. The the most recent notes is the one from March 27, which apparently we didn't even do a show for that week. So should I go over those notes? <laughs> <laughs> That's the show that you were supposed to do, that you guys blew it off. Right. Of the for the so I do have notes for that week. No. <laughs> now for fun. Old notes with Gio. What do you got? Just rapid fire it. Rapid fire. Yep. Uh, WBC, US versus Japan in the final. <laughs> wow, this is old. Yeah, we lost. <laughs> All right. What else? That's it. <laughs> All right. So speaking of old, uh, there's two things that I want to throw out on the table before we give everybody their opportunity to say their stuff. Uh, this is, you know, we, we, we did a couple of years ago, the robots and the Boston Dynamics and every once in a while, kind of common thread that runs through the WFO universe is uh, technology stuff. And there's something that happened that's been happening. Uh, I remember Carlos Hawkins stuff calling me and telling me to go on a website where he gave me my first uh, insights into this AI thing. Like everyone is talking about, what is it? Chat GBT, GPT. But there's a, a different one that I was using. And it's like, write an article, write a blog post about drag racing featuring the names, uh, show them all Downey, Don Garlitz, and Don the Snake Perdue, uh, 3,000 words. And brrr, it just spits it out, and it's a story. And you know what? It's pretty great. Like, you might have to switch a couple of things or edit it one time, and then you've got a great story. And Hawk and Stuff 
got me up to speed on this stuff. And uh, I start checking it out. And then the other week, this was uh, last week, all these big guys like Elon Musk and a bunch of dudes signed on to this letter. Pause giant AI experiments and open letter from like the world's tech leaders to the world that basically says, stop, you need to stop. Everybody should stop. This is a bad deal, bad scene, getting out of control. We don't know what it is. We don't know what it's going to do. And uh, I thought, you know, that's the kind of thing that can bring to the WFO universe to see if they feel panic or concern. And I have the letter and it's very short. And I'm going to read the letter in case nobody knows about this AI letter. And I want to know what y'all think. AI systems with human competitive intelligence can pose profound risks to society and humanity as shown by extensive research and acknowledged by top AI labs. As stated in the widely endorsed Isilomar Al principles, AI principles, advanced AI could represent a profound change in the history of life on Earth and should be planned for and managed with commiserate care and resources. Unfortunately, this level of planning and management is not happening, even though recent months have seen AI labs locked in an, uh, an out-of-control race to development and deploy ever more powerful digital minds that no one, not even their creators, can understand, predict, or reliably control. Contemporary AI systems are now becoming human competitive at general tasks, and we must ask ourselves, should we let machines flood our information channels with propaganda and untruth? Should we automate away all the jobs, including the fulfilling ones, is the question that is asked. Should we develop non-human minds that might eventually outnumber, outsmart, obsolete, or replace us? Should we risk loss of control of our civilization? Such decisions must not be delegated to unelected tech leaders. Powerful AI systems should be developed only once we are confident that their effects will be positive and their risks will be manageable. And the, the letter goes on for like three more paragraphs. But I think you all get the deal that these guys who signed on to this letter for this AI stuff that everybody's using to write their blog posts are frightened. They're like worried that the genie is being let out of the lamp. The funny thing is everybody reported on the letter and no one has reported on the reaction to the letter. Has anybody paused? Is anybody stopping? Does anybody care what's going on? There's nothing. Nobody cares. We're full steam ahead. AI. And so I just wanted to like, um, am I, um, what does everybody think? Musk's a hypocrite. He, he's been one of the guys who's talked about the benefits of all this stuff for a long time. And, and and he's never not predicted that like some of this stuff would happen, but he's a hypocrite and he just wants to figure out how to monetize it better first. You think that's what it is? Like, Hey man, y'all using this for free in what? the tech business. That, that's like, of course he wants it. Yeah. That I don't believe, I don't believe them for a second. Geo is this guy watch the most recent uh, episode of Mandalorian. You'll see, Pretty cool societies can be created where the robots do all the work and all you get to do is recreate all day and like do art and stuff. That's right. Overthrow. 
can't make it stop. You no, know, that's good. See, look at this. This is great. I'm so happy I brought this up because I was feeling panicky. And now Troy has put me at ease with a Mandalorian reference. That was pretty cool, Troy. I have a question, Mandalorian question before we get off of here tonight. I want to know what Star Wars is right my now. next hot topic. We'll, we'll go there in a second. Giovanni, what about you? I know you're afraid of Skynet. Yes. Well, I'm not afraid of Skynet. I'm just uh, more of a realist and understanding of what is really going to end up happening with all these things. The AI chatbots and that stuff doesn't really, you know, scare me. It's those what the crap that Boston Dynamics is doing with with <laughs> robots and the and all those other things that scares me. You know, as soon as they get sent those over the Pratt Whitney or the Martin Marietta and start arming them, then we're you know. That's like, so you're more afraid of the it. robots than you are of the artificial intelligence. See, to me, and and what people yeah, are well, saying, because is, it's all, it's all, it's all where the path we're headed. So it's too late. Like, just don't worry about it. Let's just reap the benefits as best as possible. Eventually, you know, somewhere down the line, the robots will realize that we're the weakness and inefficient point in the system. And you know, well, hopefully, all of us here on this screen will be long gone by then. And you know. We'll let the, the the kids in there and the grandchildren worry about that crap, because you know. Then John Connor back, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm just glad my name's not Sarah Connor. Right. <laughs> okay. I was listening to a Levitard show as I do, and he brought up the other day there was a Chat GPT that lied, and and like how that people are thinking that that was actually kind of a huge deal because a robot's not supposed to be able to. They're just supposed to use facts that already exist, right? They're not supposed to be able to to think or go outside of logic and reason. And and it it lied in one of the things it was typing in order to like get a password or something. Like it was instructed to break into something or whatever, gain access to something. And in order to do so, the robot on its own lied in order to get the proper information. Yeah. Well, exactly. And see, so I, I don't know. I'm I'm actually gen of, of genuine concern, uh, not panic. But once the genie is out of the lamp, it's out. That's it, man. It's over. Man. But it's not it's out fun. yet. That's the thing. These oh, guys. Oh, the that's what you think. Well, then why did they write the letter? Why did all these people, not just Musk, why propaganda. did they write the letter? Propaganda. Don't worry it's about it. Propaganda Pro to what end? Look, by like, the okay. time they, by the time we find out about regular stuff like this, that's used commercially like you know chatting the chat gpt bot and all that what's the government doing using military wise dude come on you know this we know people that apparently reports. not apparently this is happening in real time that's uh, the thing it's happening in real time publicly that's exactly their point is that this technology is new and it's just being opened up on the world? Here, let's let's yeah. just use it and and. They're they sure, you think a six month pause is going to really do anything? I mean, you know, well, I'm I don't I don't have any opinion on this. Is definitely outside of my area of expertise, but. Uh, it's IEE senior life member, Stephen Dice, a retired neurophoric engineer from university of Cal San Diego says the signed let he signed the letter because the AI industry is unfettered and unregulated and they're, you know, they all have their reasons. But when it comes from the guy who ruined the night sky with <laughs> Starlink satellites, like, I don't think that guy has a whole lot of 
empathy or sympathy for the human race. There are too many ways these systems could be abused. They are being freely distributed. There's no review or regulation in place to prevent harm. I guess we'll have to see some harm before we understand. Matt? I, uh, well, first-hand experience, my youngest daughter's just started university, and it's in her first term in university, it's already been brought up about using it, not using it, what the protocol is. So they're writing their assessment papers you, some people are using uh, AI. Oh, absolutely. Oh, the kids all here. Everybody's using it to cheat. Are you kidding? You take, uh, every... but it's not cheating. It's just a more effective way. Like I'm okay with that. Writing a press release with AI. These are the parameters. This is how long it needs to be. Troy in Oregon, if I could uh, contract out to a robot to do my job so I could go racing and go on vacation instead, I'm in. <laughs> 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 I think, and I think that's the future, right? You'll own like a stake in a machine that does the work, but you'll get paid, right? Because that's your machine, that's your proxy to do the work. And I get it. That's yeah. That's, hey, I'm all in on that. All Troy. these shows, okay, and okay. Subject change now. Star Wars, Mandalorian. <laughs> The all, all of them, though, uh, there have been a lot of movies and shows recently that show these future worlds, and they all are pretty much the same, right? They're all pretty much the same. A lot of bright LED lights and signs. <laughs> a lot of <laughs> like a lot of desolate de deserts to me. There's no grass anywhere. No, it was so always very somewhere along the line. There's no land left. It's all very urban. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of prostitution, apparently, in the future. And uh, screens that are not on screens. That's another thing. They're just kind of in the air screens. But other than that, everybody agrees on the future. It's pretty pretty crazy. All right. So the other thing was Star Wars, seeing as uh, Mandalorian is big. Big announcement the other day that there will be a new Star Wars movie with Daisy Ridley as Rey. Set 15 years after the rise of Skywalker, which is a big announcement. Daisy Ridley's new Star Wars movie will find the Jedi in disarray. Imagine that 15 years after the rise of Skywalker. And they go on to talk a little bit about how, uh, yeah, I guess the, all, the second order will Another be taken <laughs> Well, we're 15 years out from the rise of Skywalker, so we're post-war, post-first order, post-Jedi, or in disarray. Kennedy confirmed. There's a lot of discussion around who are the Jedi, what are they doing, what's the state of the galaxy. She's attempting to rebuild the Jedi Order based on the books, based on what she promised Luke, and so that's what we're going. Uh, well, that's where we're going. And uh, so there it is. More Star Wars, guys, for those of you who are bummed out. We got more Star Wars. Oh coming. man, hey, Disney Plus got to put on a lot of programming, man. We got a show right. coming out. There's all kinds of uh, uh, animated series. It's all it's all Star John, Wars all the time. All Marvel when it's not all Star Wars. John Favreau, who is leading the charge for Star Wars on Disney Plus with such shows as The Mandalorian, also raved to Variety about Ridley's return. It's just exciting, Favreau said. Uh, I always find it really satisfying, encouraging when you have people who come through Star Wars come back to Star Wars. It shows you how strong the community is and how big of a bond you develop for Daisy to come back and be a part of where this is going. It's excited uh, to see where it all goes. John Favreau, who is most 
most known for being Mikey and Swingers. <laughs> and there you go. I'm in. Monica says she's watching Rise of Skywalker right now. Megan says, let's go. She's ready. Bring on more Star Wars. Everybody's ready for more Star Wars. And that's all I've got. All right. Uh, final thoughts. Let's do the Matt in Australia report. Okay. Brought to you for the uh, Australian economy, which your American dollar can get you a dollar fifty. I just checked before I come on the show. <laughs> I think that needs to be reported on every Australia report from now on. Like we'll start uh, off with the basic okay. finances of the deal. Okay. Your US dollar can get you a dollar fifty South Pacific peso. Up to date currency exchange every week, uh, Matt is expected. All right, now. done. Yeah, we can do that. So very cheap holiday for all you Patreons out there. Um, <laughs> motorsport this week, not a hell of a lot happened. Drag racing-wise, in probably Australia's premier uh, eighth-mile track in Mildura, which is in uh, in uh, Western Victoria, uh, we had uh, a, a bracket event, which is called the Supercharged Shootout, which uh, brought a whole heap of uh, dial-your-own supercharged vehicles together plus all supporting categories, which uh, I believe was attended very well. Uh, the other big motorsport event was at Bathurst, one of the uh, four times the uh, public road is used as a racetrack. Uh, we had the Bathurst six hour, which was just for production cars. Uh, that was run over the weekend. There was, uh, there was 12 safety cars, which was a new record apparently. And uh, just to keep with the Formula One flavor, we also had a red flag not far from the end. Um, of the, the finishes, I think there was 58 cars started the race, uh, but the top six positions were uh, taken by BMWs, M4s and M3s. Uh, then two Mustangs and a Mitsubishi Lancer. And uh, that's about it. There's not much happened over Easter. Everyone was pretty quiet. So, well, Good. as far as I'm concerned, anyway. Um, across the ditch, well, not across the ditch. The old Dart Santa Pod had their uh, first uh, event for the year, I believe. Their season opener, but we'd have to double check with you, Kev. <laughs> okay. Good deal. Yeah, that's about all I got, unfortunately. Call them the dad. Fortunately for you, beg your pardon. Did you call England the dad? The old Did dot. Right? The old dot. The old... What is that? Yes. That's a saying. I don't know where it comes from, Joe. They call it the old <laughs> dot. Okay, that it's... makes sense. Homework. Old... Homework. <laughs> homework. Yeah, homework. Yo, can you please Google? What are the... <laughs> Yeah, good luck. All right. Excellent. Yeah. Good job, Matt. I, love, short I, I love hearing the report from down under. And we're gonna get you, we're gonna get you those numbers about the stampede of speed so you can come up there. The good news is, the good news is uh, when you come when you come here, you will get uh, half of your money's value. So yeah. there's that that you can look at. Yeah, about 70 cents. About 70 cents in the dollar jar. Yeah. Think of how great that'll feel. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, the, the experience is going to be worth three times that, certainly. All right, Troy, final thoughts. I'll just get a lighter. <laughs> just burn it up. 
Matt, well, uh, springtime, we have been enduring this rain nonstop for months uh, out here in the Pacific Northwest, it seems like. And it's looking like we're starting to come out of that. So for us, that means racing season is finally, hopefully, about to begin. So um, that's where my that's where my head's at. Um, you know, I had a great Easter with the family. Got a birthday vacation coming up at the end of the month with the family, and then uh, just a whole lot of racing planned from now until now until October. So looking forward to that. Looking forward to some some sunshiny weather out here, and uh, you know, kicking off the fun part of the year, spring and summer and um, having a good time. So just looking forward to it. When's the first race for uh, the domestic uh, dispute? If, if things go well, I'm going to go to an eighth mile race, my first eighth mile race on Sunday. Nice. Um, and uh, just, just learn about that a little bit, have a little fun. And then the following week um, will be the first uh, points race of the year. Excellent. Yeah. I got to get up for that. That's a big, big deal. Good job. Joey and uh, Joey and Sherry Severance kind of took the concessions back over. It used to be contracted out. They did a big remodel, whole new menu. They've been launching the menu. A lot of cool things happening out at Woodburn this year. So looking forward to, to brand new track burgers and good times at the track. Maybe if I include that in the Joey Severance World Championship interview, uh, <laughs> we can get that thing scheduled. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Just kidding, Joe. Get, get, get you watching ignition or listening. All right, Bobby Graham, words of wisdom. Okay, before the words of wisdom, I'm going to try to get this correct. Mandalorian, my wife, I told her, I said, well, y'all, you would get in great, but rest, she watches it. She had a question that she asked me. I have no idea. Mandalorian, they delivered baby Yoda, okay, which he was never called Yoda in the show. All right. He was. Two seasons getting him transferred to Luke, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Now, the new season started. Now Luke's looking for him. What happened? Yeah. That's not what happened. Okay. That's so, not what happened. Okay. <laughs> Maybe you, so what happened well, was. Luke is no longer looking for him. No. No. They, he gave. You see, Baby Yoda. Well, he handed him over, didn't he? Well, yes. well begrudgingly, but, he handed him yeah. to Luke. He brought him to Luke, and no, Luke came and got him. Actually, in theory, yeah. remember when they were being attacked yeah, Luke by the got him. By the... baby Yoda so, but... and actual Yoda were college roommates, and they used <laughs> to hang out together. But then, <laughs> I'm just making all that up. <laughs> I knew that part, <laughs> Bobby. Luke Skywalker gave Baby Yoda a choice. He gave him an ultimatum, man. He said, you can choose the sword, the lightsaber, or you can choose the ball. Right? Like right out of old school. And Baby Yoda chose the Mandalorian. um, Well, that answers everything. I I know what I can tell her. Yeah. Y'all don't know either. But she got to watch. There's an episode but, where, yeah, where this. Oh, it's in Book of A, but you know what it is? It's in Book of Boba Fett, is what it is. That's right. Yeah, Book of Boba Fett. She's got to go right. watch Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, and episodes it, it, six through nine. Remember Mandalorian took over Boba Fett show. Yep. <laughs> yes. You got to see the psychologist. Bobby, <laughs> all joking aside, Megan has got it figured out. Go to Book of Boba Fett, watch the last three episodes. All answers there. And okay, that, I'll tell. I'll that, tell her that. 
You know yeah, what's okay. crazy? Yep. See, Spot on. <laughs> we have this information, but where was the information? And it was in a totally different place. And if you're just watching Mandalorian, you have no freaking clue, which is why it was a bad idea that Bob Mandalorian took over Boba Fett's show, and now Oka Karan or whatever her name is stealing the Mandalorian show. Yeah, like oh, Bo no, yes, you're talking about the Mandalorian girl, Boca. Uh, no. okay. I don't know what to tell her. Now. Yeah. I'm not gonna go She's stealing the Mandalorian yeah. show. I'm starting to think that he's not stealing the Mandalorian show. He's stealing the man. I'm starting to think that she is the Mandalorian and he's just some guy. Well, she's the queen now, so she is the Mandalorian. She's, well, she's, she's been the queen, so you know the show's not about him at all. He's just a character <laughs> that's running around. And she doesn't even have to wear a helmet anymore, so and doesn't even have to feel bad about it either. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> That's right. The armor told her that Bo-Katan can walk both worlds. Ha! Huh. There you go. I get stressed and Mando out. had to go through all that trouble because he took off his helmet. <laughs> he had to go down into the waters to cleanse himself. She sees the, the, the big monster there, the mythosaur. The mythosaur. He doesn't see nothing. Yeah, Din Jardin is the uh, is always right. the Mandalorian. Right. <laughs> no, man. It's all her. Bo-Katan. But all the answers are in the book of Boba Fett, the final three episodes. I get stressed okay. out when they talk about leaving their helmets on all the time. I get claustrophobic just hearing them talking about that. Like, you know, take off the helmets, man. Take them off. They have to go. They got to find their own place to eat where no one is going to see them. That's a little ridiculous. Good job, Bobby. All right. Did you have a words of wisdom now? You, I, you... I had one. I had one, but I wanted to. Y'all brought that up. So I had to remember what you asked me. You true, true. I almost should keep this one in a way. Save I, it, right? I will. <laughs> I'm gonna let it go at that. He's I'll holding, it for he's next holding week. back the words of wisdom. <laughs> well, what about all the people that could have benefited? But the thing about the AI, the, like that's the wisdom is he's making his wife happy. Well, See, that's, well, that's all. <laughs> it is wisdom. It's the serious one this time, I guess. So. And Megan says she needs the wisdom. What if the wisdom right. you're about to impart is exactly what Megan would have needed? And you're going to hold right. it, and she's going to get in a fender bender in the. I'm sorry, store. Megan. I, I I will I'll just for you, just for you. I will make sure I bring it here. All right. If you're planning a project, you've got a something that you're going to do. Go through at least three or four different scenarios. What could happen? how you want to do it, and what your end product would be. Now, try to figure your costs also on these separate and different ways of going about it so you don't get any big surprises. Now, call your friend or friends, the ones that will tell you what you think, not just what you want to hear. Listen to them. Pay heed. See how many are telling you different ideas of where you think you want to go because when you get halfway through and you get these things done and it's not working you should have listened to them and be ready for all outcomes but just keep on trudging along until you get it done and that's my words of wisdom wow very nice i thought you were gonna say that way you could blame them for their mistakes but 
I no, like he it. ain't blaming me. I told him what I thought. It helps me think about this whole Project Pontiac, Bobby. Like, is it a good idea for me to be doing a super street car when there's no track? That's with kind of why I wanted to hold off because it kind of went in that too. But how does yours work out? Have you found your block yet? Yes. Yes. John Gadosh has a Pontiac block that has gone through sonic testing and the numbers are good. Uh, it was used on a turbo car, which gives me a little slight pause. Uh, you know, the numbers are the numbers, but uh, Gary Stinnett and John Gadosh are going to have a phone conversation about it and uh, we'll figure it out. But right now I do have a block that is earmarked for the project. And if uh, everybody agrees that it's a good deal, we will have a block. Uh, I've spent a lot of time talking with people, just kind of kicking around ideas about stroke and cranks and all these different things. And uh, it's coming together. But ultimately, um, you know, Gary Stinnett is going to make all of these decisions. And so and that's what I'm saying. I like you, you don't have a guy like that. Touch your your uh, your engine and then tell him what to do. He's right. going to do what he's going to do. Um, but you're listening. That's the point. That's oh, the key yeah. point. Absolutely, I'm listening. If I wasn't going to listen, like, what's the point of it all? Got to listen. And then I feel like I wish I had a little more to offer to the table, right? But I don't. So there you go. Good deal. Appreciate the words of wisdom. <laughs> Hopefully, Megan, that helps you out. Listen. Yes, to Megan. The, listen. <laughs> and replace the 25 cent O ring, Bobby. That's right. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Don't wait a year and a half to do it. <laughs> exactly. Troy says he's having internet issues. It's storming there. WFO, he's out. Uh, and there you go. Excellent. All right. Oh, man. You know, I just actually also remembered one of the things I wanted to say that one of the few things that Troy and I agree on no team with Kyrie Irving will ever win a championship. And the Dallas Mavericks not only went from being the four seed when they traded for Kyrie Irving, they are completely out of the playoffs. Not oh. even in the play-in, nothing. Goodbye. Farewell. Bam. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mark Cuban. And I like Luka Doncic. He's very fun to watch. But uh, I said it the minute they traded for him. And, uh, you know, the only, the only short time in Kyrie's career where he completely excelled was when he had LeBron by his side. That's it. I just wanted to point out. Dallas is, Mavericks is he out still of the playoffs. The earth is uh, flat. Taking a shot. Well, you know, look, I'm not saying it's because of that, but, you know, it's just one of those things. Yeah. Quite possible. You know, some people can draw a straight line to saying, if you think the earth is flat, you will not be on a playoff contending team. That's it. A lot of people <laughs> are saying that right now. And there's a lot of anecdotal evidence. You know, the guy Absolutely. thinks the earth is flat. He didn't make the playoffs. Are they related? Uh, maybe they yeah. are. All right. Team. Yep. That's it. How Later, that? Troy. Great minutes. Uh, was fun. Chat bleachers past weekend. Yeah, everybody was having a good time. All right, guys. Great job. Sue, how about you? Final thought? We racing? What are we doing? Oh, we're racing. We're racing. So my nature did not let us race this weekend. So we were enjoying watching the fling and, and uh, you know, everything that we could this weekend. Um along with the Masters and a little things in between. Uh, Supercross, there was a milestone this weekend. Eli Toma, they had the uh, Triple Crown at Glendora. 
uh, Glendale, Arizona, and um, Eli Tomac actually surpassed uh, great James Stewart uh, wow. for record wins. Um, so he has he has surpassed him. He's in solid second, uh, chasing the legendary Jeremy McGrath. So um, don't know if that one's ever going to get met, but um, but yeah. So that was exciting um, to uh, to see that. So um, Eli Tomac making getting it, getting her done, getting her done, and uh, but Supercross is, continues to be exciting. So, um, but yeah. So we're going to be racing, and uh, you know, Joe, I had to bring up. You know, I, I heard you on on the uh, night. You want a show. kitten? Yes, no, you can have a kitten. I I don't want a kitten. <laughs> I don't want a kitten. But, you know, there was that little comp incident where the crew guy got taken out, thrown to the ground. Yes. I, I Now, look, what the crew guy was doing was, yes, going to be in harm's way. But I strongly debate the point of throwing the guy down to the ground. Lasso him, hold on to him, bring him away. The throw down to the ground... And I watched it. I even saw, you know, a couple of different videos of it. Okay, so and... Not everybody knows about this. There's a video that went around. It happened uh, last week during the event. I only saw the at, video. I did not at, see it. It was at Pomona. Yep. And mm -hmm. I, I only saw the video and I didn't see it live. I heard people talking about it and it kind of came into my uh, realm uh, as he slammed the guy to the ground. He did. Yeah. I watched it. <laughs> The guy was definitely slammed to the ground. Yep. Yeah. Right. The video I saw, somebody got thrown to the ground, man. He got thrown to the ground. Right. But it was not designed to throw the guy to the ground. He was just grabbing the guy off of the car that was getting ready to launch. And the guy was totally off balance. And the guy did get slammed to the ground but that wasn't his intention to slam the man to the ground well, otherwise he yeah, would have and thrown him down. <laughs> he, was, he was just reacting he probably had superhuman strength from adrenaline in that point he thought that the guy was going to get dragged down the racetrack he grabbed him by like the horse collar area is what it looked like and he pulled him back the guy had no clue and the weight went backwards and you know, he did get slammed to the ground. Like that's a statement of fact. I watched the video. He was slammed to the ground, but I don't think that was the intention to slam him to the ground, to punish him for touching the car too late. <laughs> I, you know, again, watch a couple of different views of it. I, I, I do have, I, I do take, <laughs> I have a concern with it. Um, you know, and I, I heard your point and I get it, the starter, his focus on, on safety and, and I, I'm a hundred percent behind that, but the turning, slamming him to the ground, that's not safety on either part. So well, that was an unfortunate know. accident. It was not intended to be, but he had to make a call. He had to grab the sky to save his life. The car was getting ready to launch. He was going to be I connected. Was I was a lifeguard. I, I grab people to save their lives. Well, his arm and, and there's there's off. there's a way to hold them. I you, you bring them back and you bear hug them and you hold on to them. You don't bring them back and go whack and throw them down to the ground. Just <laughs> go in there. That's you know. I it's trust me. I what the guy did flat out wrong. He's lucky. I mean, you're right. It 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 could have been a very bad another situation. 
could have been bad out of Caleb it. Caleb says but... that it was the sticky track that played a part in it. That he thinks that the guy got tripped up by the sticky track. You know, his balance was all off. And didn't the guy say he was, he was wrong? Like, didn't the guy, uh, and I forget who it was, but I recall seeing a reading somewhere that the guy acknowledged his mistake. And, oh, I, I, and, I read and, that too. And thanked, and thanked the starter for slamming him to the ground. Yeah, no. Uh -uh. Yeah, I'll go with I'll go with the thanking and the you know yes he was in the wrong because I did you know he was I mean you know I, I, his head must have been I don't know exactly where his head was you know as far as where the brain was thinking with that but because uh, I race guitar sent a video and so I went and watched the other one just to get a different view of it and I'm like what is the yeah that definitely no, that's... seemed excessive to me man over the but line. Over the line, excessive, yes. So, but hey, just you know, maybe I didn't just get the race guitar second camera angle. What's up with that race guitar? You you were on it. You were on the tweet. I'm was just, it a tweet? It was a tweet. I'll I'll read, find it right you now. Know, it was it was you know. Well, what does race guitar say about this? Well, he was agreeing with you, but I still had to watch it. So no, I don't okay. always have to. I don't always have to agree with you. Just you know, it's good. It's better when we disagree. It's better when we disagree on this kind of stuff. But I just. But hey. Well, so it had. I guess it, it all really comes down to how you first saw it. I heard so much about it that I had prepared myself for something kind of like what I described where there's a helicopter spin and a suplex <laughs> at this. No, guy. there wasn't a helicopter he, spin the, and suplex. The starter it. had taken him and thrown him down. And then when I'm watching it, I'm thinking, man, this guy's touching the car. The car's getting ready to launch. And you could see him like. It was a dangerous situation. I'm not arguing that at all. What that crew guy did. I, I hope he never does that again. Cause that's scary stuff, right? There's, you, you got to be careful out there. You got to have your head on a swivel. If you're gone out on the starting line, you need to pay attention. You got to have your head straight. No two ways and about the guy it. He goes back. Priest says he goes back. He grabs him. It was he is one hand. <laughs> <laughs> we can agree to disagree on that one. Melvin. <laughs> oh, with the slam. Oh, and he uh, slammed him. <laughs> yes, Matt? He's got multiple fractures and a concussion. He won't be doing it again, Sue. Yeah. That's true. Oh that's true. Yeah. Does he have multiple fractures and a concussion? <laughs> I don't think that's fact. That's just adding on to it. Matt is just making things up. There's no multiple fractures. No, it's an unfortunate circumstance. And you know what? Talking to Jason Galvin, where I was off doing TV stuff. This past week, I did not I get know to we missed you. I did not Completely. get to engage with uh, everybody about this stuff. So I haven't had this conversation just yet. But, you know, it's like the person who's getting the Heimlich. Uh, they're choking to death and someone gives them the Heimlich and breaks their ribs. No, no. It's like, you know, that's no. part of it. No, like no, no, it's not like that. Saving your no. life, they might break your ribs. It's the same no. thing. Like if no. you're touching a car that's getting ready to launch. Slow, throwing them down to the ground and they could get a major head injury out of that nah, whole deal sorry. could be worse than no uh -uh, sorry mm -mm. not buying nope. it dude nope. first of all they're not supposed to break your ribs so when they give you the time all right well then no it happens all the time it's just part of being in a life or death situation yeah, that happens little, you're, you're kind of thinking of cpr but that's a stretch man <laughs> right. what's so what the what is the implication then giovanni 
that he did it on purpose for his own entertainment to make the guy pay. No, like, no. He clearly just li- went over the line and did something. He went too far, and and that's it. I'm not saying that he intended to, like, oh, I'm going to show this guy, and I'm going to toss the point, him. Like, though. It's just off. an accident. It doesn't no matter. Look, the guy. I can inadvertently kill somebody and not intend. And what does that mean? I am completely forgiven. Oh no! Well, he didn't mean to run that guy over. The guy he was. Well, that would have been a different story. Like if he had grabbed the guy and slammed <laughs> to the ground, the guy bashed his head open, split his head open. Then yeah, that would have been a big problem. Well, they but did get very well, fortunate it, that they again, did. So. He doesn't. It, he doesn't need to bash his head open when he once he gets him on the ground for it to be inappropriate. Like it's he, not inappropriate. It, it is. Not, it's over the line, man. It's too far. It's too that's much. see. I think that's some like uh, uh, PC uh, nonsense. PC. Yeah, like oh. trying to overprotect. Oh. I know, man. The guy. You, wait, 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 <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Trying to cancel WFO the star, Joe's going to throw the PC flag. That's Get it. the heck wow. this is PC. Out. You guys are being overly PC. I'm it on you. Get out of here. You're woke. Kids, I'm I've already called you. I've already attacked you both as being that. Kid gloves and worried about the guys touching the car and his feelings and over the line. And it I shouldn't didn't say anything restraint. about his feelings. I said he needed to be taken away from the car. Again. He's saying all kinds of stuff. That. Restraint and that uh, he, he was too forceable. I don't know. <laughs> Throw down to the ground, yeah. Yeah, dude, it's that not his job to put his hands on that man that way. It was man. an That's accident. What, what's he supposed to do then? What? Grab him, hold on to him. Yeah, Gio yeah. doesn't even have an answer. You don't, what do you even do? Well, he might have got himself drugged with the What's going to happen, dude? He's going to take off with the car, really? Uh, you know what? What's so happen, it, Sue? What, what could happen, Sue? He, he was, timing-wise, again, I, I watched both angles of it, and it was good that he got pulled away from it because that car was staged. And was going to launch. So if his driver didn't see him, um, then, yeah, he would have let go of the button and go. So and the guy's arms would have gone with the car and his body oh was sitting there on look, the car. Well, I don't know about that. I think he would have got hit. Wide, right? he, get out no. Of here, that would he, he even get been, out of here, Gio. That's exactly what would happen. Oh, yeah, he would have been slammed like by the vehicle. So yeah, that part on, I know. No, it was going to pull his arm out of the socket. And it was just going to so. come down the street a quarter mile with an arm very bad. And, blood and a bone gushing out. And the guy standing at the line with blood exploding out of his shoulder. Like Bill. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, like Bill. Bill. Exactly. Exactly yeah, like that. that have been than just him knocking him on the Caleb ground? Says, Caleb says, I mean, what else was he supposed to do when there's seconds from the tree coming down? Caleb is, you know, like he's got a real legit question. Like what? Write him a, a letter. Send him a certified him, letter. Please step away from the Grab car. Him, hold on to him. Please step Grab away from him, the vehicle, hold on sir. Go get, go get safety training. Grab him, hold on to him. Matt says I'm staying quiet, Bobby. He's like, I should have <laughs> the video. I only got one angle, by the way, Sue. I, I looked at that tweet thread, and I didn't see I didn't see the extra angle that you're talking about. Oh, I had to. Send yeah, it to me, please. Dude, you're not as cool as Sue, man. Clearly, she's right. got multiple point of what view. What if this angle? new video angle makes me change my entire opinion? Because well, it was somebody awesome. from the stands that actually had the video. It wasn't the. Oh, see, I don't top. think I've no. seen one from the stands. 
Okay, I'll send yeah. you the video. I'll give yeah. you the time. I'll I'll do the homework. See, that's the thing is I reserve the right to change my opinion after <laughs> I see the new video. Like me, there I'll be like, go. oh yeah, you guys were right. He was over the line. But until <laughs> then, anyway. you've got a week, Joe. I have it, a week. Well, it's a just teachable moment. How's that? Teachable then, moment. You and I are correct. And, <laughs> you know, and that is the way it works. Yeah. He should have put and, a nice pillow under him. He should have first <laughs> should have taken the pillow. <laughs> We're going to have blow up an air mattress so he can fall on it. <laughs> right. Oh, nice pillow go. is going to be at the starting line. This is a great idea. In fact, this week, I'll go to the Walmart and I'll get a nice pillow and I'll bring it up to the starting line and I'll give it to the star and be like, look, the next time you're going to slam somebody, put this pillow <laughs> behind you Maybe you put air mattresses right on that center area there. So you I know, just they have a spot to throw them down. A wrestling outfit or a <laughs> little, little mattress. Back to my original point. You guys want everybody to be wrapped in bubble wrap. You have the, you have the I just want to ask you um, uh, there's, there's nothing in between getting slammed to the ground the way he did and then having their the need for there to be a pillow underneath and the guy to be super sensitive and his feelings to not get hurt, right? Right, says surround the track with a big bouncy house. We know the whole thing. Bounce house. NHRA should supply all crew members airbags. That's it. <laughs> In case they get thrown. Good plan. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody that is on the starting line with a vehicle should be having to wear a helmet. Whoa. That's it. There you go. CGO, see what you've done? Dude, I'm all right with the guys. They should have just let whatever happened happen. If he goes, he goes. It's, it's, you're at your own risk. You're starting at the starting line. When you're, you're talking about a lot of track cleanup here, and it's going to take time. Yeah, no, man. You're there at your own risk. All right? If you're dumb enough to walk across in front of a car, you're going to get hit. All right, that's how it works, right? Yeah, so natural selection. You let it happen, all right? You shouldn't be that rough with people. You should let them find, you know, you should let them find their own trouble, man. That's Thin it. the herd. Call the herd. You know, man, <laughs> just say it. How? You don't no, have enough common sense to not get run over by the race car at the at the starting line of a drag race, then, you know, maybe you don't deserve to keep going. <laughs> And on that note, I think we can well, we, we we have gotten to a, a good place. We, we definitely debate. did. You know, we got to we we did the whole thought process. Megan says around the track of the bouncy house. Everybody's laughing, obviously. Just a silly <laughs> debate. The guy was completely <laughs> in the wrong. The safety guy did his job, acting quickly. Caleb, you and me, bud, we agree. We think this, but these other folks, they think <laughs> something screw different. You guys, you're both, both clearly wrong. Caleb and Joe have no idea what they're talking about here. Do you and Joe are right. <laughs> You know, we, we don't think that the guy, you know, nobody's mad hey, at Starter. What, what no, nobody's mad at Starter. My dad has grabbed and snatched me and threw me to the ground so many times. Oh, I got my head in the way, grab me and throw me back. I don't want to go with the car. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Just don't got to toss the guy around like a rag dog because he was in the <laughs> wrong place at the wrong time. He had superhuman strength. I thought we already <laughs> went through that. Oh. The adrenaline was flowing. Like, yeah, I have to save a life. Yeah. I must save a man's life. Son and of Jarrell. Yes, it was like a slow motion <laughs> moment. Probably grabbed this guy and he saved yeah, him from the danger. And then yeah. the sticky track became part of it, and the guy became off balance. And he, he you know, he helped him the way down. He gently yeah. fell to the ground. <laughs> 
All right. Good, good so points. I will send it to you. But hey, you know what? A way to end the ignition show. Fire everybody up. It's all Oops. good. Throw a little bit of debate out there and for all you, know, you people just add into the theme. I love it. Yeah. Sounds like a good after show discussion, huh? <laughs> I feel like we've uh, we've got it. We've got it. Yes. So, <laughs> but on that. that note, yes, race in this weekend. I hope everybody has a fantastic week. Joe, safe travels. Vegas, baby. Vegas, baby. Vegas. I'm jealous. Woo! Yeah. I'm very, I'm very excited awesome. about it. Got uh, some sort of reservation for a restaurant on Thursday night. The Jasons have handled that. I just show up. They've got a new podcast. For those of you, uh, you know, I promote podcasts that I like, especially when it's my friends. Uh, Jason Logan and Jason Galvin have partnered on Life's a Drag. And it's kind of funny because there's a thousand Life's a Drag podcasts, but this is the only one that's about drag racing. And they're coming at the deal from, I think, an area that is desperately needed, which is it's not about the drag racing. It's about the things that are happening slightly under the surface while the drag racing is happening. And um, good stuff. They talk to Elon. They talk to producer Pete. They're talking to people who walk around the sport. It's basically, you know, catch up on what happened at the weekend, do an interview, and then slow digression into nonsense, just like all of these shows. And uh, I think they're doing a great job. They got their podcast up. And um, there you go. So you guys can check that out for more drag racing related content. And I'm sure like I've already found that some of my exploits have ended up on there. So things that I would not feel comfortable talking about myself, maybe you would hear on there. So there you go. All right. Great job guys. Excellent work. Matt in Australia. Thank you so much. There yep. he goes. F O is what he was going to say. Bobby Graham. Thank you so much. No problem. WFO. We got funny car chaos in South Baton Rouge. Scott Palmer is going to be down here with his cars. Oh, so. very nice. Way to oh. go, Scotty Palmer. Love that guy. And I love and sponsored by Rodak. Marvin. Nice. Rodak. Marvin Rodak. Yes. Yes. And be on there. That, get your coffee. Get your coffee. Where you go? Where you go? Uh, and Sue, thank you very much. WFO. Have a great week. I, I love the fact that we disagreed. And look, everybody's okay. I know. It's all good. That's amazing. Thank you, Sue. <laughs> Say hi to Dave. Air on. Yeah. And now, Geo, you. Woo! I got nothing. I got nothing. Did you have a final thought you wanted to say to everybody before I? No. Oh, you know what? Yes. Your internet is I had a very. Uh, all right. May I'll save no, for no, next no, you're all right. right here. You're I had a, you're... a moment of clarity. Okay. Yeah, no, he's frozen again. The internet is saying that's enough geo for the night. Speaking of Marvin Rodak, 817-924-6821. Guys, if you enjoyed this show, which if you made it to this point, you must have, right? Like, why would you still be here? Why would you still be listening if you didn't enjoy the show? Call Marvin, chat him up, order some coffee. 817-924-6821. It's as simple as that. And that's how you really become part of the WFO universe. You drink the coffee. I'm not saying there's magic powers or anything, but you just get it. 817-924-6821. Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School. The Dragster Adventure. You driving a dragster. Think about it. You're a big drag racing fan. And now you're driving a dragster and it doesn't really cost you very much. It's reasonable for what it is. And you don't have to buy any extra stuff like safety equipment. And you get the experience of driving a dragster with Frank Hawley. Amazing. Go to frankhawley.com. Tell them you heard about it on WFO radio dragster adventure. Hook it up. 
And then there's samtech.edu, different kind of audience altogether. This is not a casual thing. You're thinking about becoming a machinist, an engine builder, a crew member, working on race cars, working on CNC programming, motorsport EFI tuning, that's electronic fuel injection, all of these things. I was, uh, I've referenced this seven times, and I will do it an eighth time. Having a great conversation with Gary Stinnett. Gary, who is going to be doing the engine on Project Pontiac. And, you know, Gary's like, I'm going to make up an age, 60 years old. And he's telling me about all these different engines he's working on. And I'm thinking to myself, who is going to do this when all these older gentlemen who are machinists and engine builders now decide that they don't want to do it anymore or they can no longer do it because of their age? Like, We've got all these problems in our sport. Do we have enough racetracks? Do we have enough capital to go do it? Do we have all of these things? But the big problem is going to come when you don't have enough qualified, real genuine high-performance engine shops that know how to like move lifter bores around, cylinder, like serious stuff, real machining there's a lot of people out there you know they can tune in ls that's not what we're talking about we're talking about real machinists who are in this field as these guys get older and don't want to do it anymore who's going to take their place that is a real legit question and the answer is the kids that are coming up through samtech and maybe you're a younger person you're fresh out of the military you're thinking man i'd like to do that Reach out to Brian Maskingill and tell him you heard about it on WFO Radio. There's the Patreon co-hosts, like all these people. Sue Morris. Sue's a friend from the track. Like The thing is, we've got great personal relationships with everybody. But when Sly Cat came up to me at Pomona and said, I'm a Patreon, it was like, wow, this is awesome. And I really love all the people who support the show. And I was listening to the Kelly Crandall Writers Podcast, and she's pitching her Patreon at the end of this thing big time. And she's got a little saying, she, every little bit helps. And I thought to myself, that's true. Whether it be the internet bills or buying a piece of equipment or something to make the show better. Uh, the Patreons really help. And you get something, you get stickers in a patch. And if you sign up for a full season, full year, I'm going to send you a t-shirt. That's right. You're going to get a WFO crew shirt. So that's worth it. You got to sign up for the year though, at any level. Patreon.com slash WFO radio we got alan reinhardt and dallas glenn tomorrow and then on wednesday we've got matt hagan and that's it it's off to vegas we will have justin we will have had dallas glenn and we will have had matt hagan and we're going to talk a little vegas four wide the four wide back-to-back the four wide two-step there's got to be some sort of a cool name that somebody out there in the virtual production crew can come up with and then I will pass it off as something that I came up with. Right. We've got two, four wide races back to back one in Vegas, one in Charlotte. There's a week in between Vegas week off Charlotte four wide, four wide the way it should be done. There should be a big bonus for winning both. I'm sure they're working on that as we speak. The four wide two thing, the eight something, the two times four, the four by two. The, we're, see, we're getting there. We don't need to come up with it now. You guys spend a little time thinking about it, and you can get me on the social. Or we'll be on the air again tomorrow. Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, write a review, all that stuff. 
you know, write us a wonderful review talking about how great the show is and how you love the characters. That would be very helpful with all the podcast algorithms. And share the show, man. That's really what's up. The more you share the show, the more people hear the show. Like, hey, these guys are can be fun and funny sometimes. That Giovanni in Miami. He's an interesting, he's what a what a card. What an interesting character. And all of that. All right, guys, that's going to do it. Really appreciate all of you. Thanks to FTI Performance Transmissions and Bernie's. Thanks to Total Seal and Foggett. Thanks to Phillips Connect and everybody who supports WFO Radio. And thanks to Monica for being so great at letting us know when the WFO merch is on sale. That is really the best deal ever. The merch was on sale. Hopefully you got some. All right, guys. Have a great day. WFO. This is WFO Radio. Yeah, welcome to the party. Bye, bye, bye. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers do not necessarily reflect that of the station ownership, advertisers, or agencies.